it is time to tune up the band and take it home, for it is another instalment of the Sweet Chinwag Podcast. I am Sam, and joining me, as ever, through this wacky world of professional wrestling is Dan and Reardon. Hello there, gents. We are hype and feral as hell in the Sweet Chinwag Podcast today, folks. Oh, we are. And that's it's just been, midweek. It's been something. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know why. I don't know how. But we're just, we just got full we violent all energy. Up. We all woke up and chose violence today. <laughs> so much violence. And here was me thinking it was going to be a nice, chilled kind of podcast. It was an easy subject matter. We can riff no, on it. No, it will still be chill. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> he is hoping. He says. Um, <laughs> so apart from that, how have you two been? I've been good, man. I am good, and I just and let's get let's get this party started. Let's go because because this is the this is the season of hot takes today. <laughs> this, this, this is <laughs> the important ones. Brought, let's not let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I am excited. So let's get this gravy trainer rolling. Awesome. See, awesome. that's it. Awesome. I am loving the energy. Anyway, we give you this podcast thanks to those lovely people over at SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and pending all other platforms. <laughs> I need to find more to apply to. Exactly. Uh, we could do Stitcher. I mean, we did say that in the first episode, and that never happened. We'll figure that out. No. <laughs> okay. Before we'll we get, get on to it. <laughs> You better, Dan. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, by the way, before we do go on as well, before we get onto it, can I just give some applause and a little bit of thanks to Dan for the tireless work he does on social media and helping us out, Thank and giving you. us to a much bigger, well, getting us to a much you know wider platform and to much more eyes and ears. It's I can't appreciate, I can't thank you and appreciate you enough for doing that, Dan. So literally, I could not do it. <laughs> nah, you've been putting the effort in, man. So mm. I tip my hat to you, sir. Thank you very much. Oh yeah. <laughs> so before we get on to the hot take session, that is best and worst finishes. Boy, we are really going to split the audience down in two with this, aren't we? <laughs> We're so. Oh, I already know one of mine's going to probably annoy people but you know that's what we're here to do that's mm. it's, it's what we're always here to do <laughs> but before we get onto that goodness it is time to walk down the street and visit dan for this week's wrestling news dun 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 down wrestling news <laughs> I, I see you're making that this part chill for until the other bit <laughs> i will choose to be feral when i wish that is fair. Uh, yeah, so let's start off with Raw. And, I mean, as ever, kind of confused show uh, this week. Yes. Um, it was kind of a lot of nothing matches. Everything was kind of inconsequential. This shows you how much I rem- how bad Raw was. I-, I can barely remember most of what happened. I remember Ric Flair still being thirsty as all heck, but that's about it. Oh yeah, Ric Flair still has big horny, but like, to be fair, that's kind of <laughs> par for the course at this rate. Like, with, like it's already established. <laughs> True. Um, yeah. I mean, I wish we had any more context to why any of that was happening, but like, also, you know. Are we? <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I remember from this week's Raw is um, 
is El Santo's appearance. I'm sorry, Randy Orton. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, he was popping off with the El Santo. Can I just say, um, I can't remember the account on Twitter. I'm so annoyed, but I definitely retweeted it. Um, uh, there was an account on Twitter that uh, posted this thing, which was um, talking about uh, the rawest look is luchadors wearing their masks in suits. Yes. And I can't lie. He Literally. had like a bunch of pictures from like 60s Mexican wrestling magazines and stuff. Yo, it all goes hard. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. There is n- every single time the Hall of Fame is on, I got my eyes literally where are the luchadors i will i want I that love it. I, the look I, goes so well i want that superhero drip i want it so <laughs> bad ray mysterio is the only one who can pull off a gucci luchador mask let's be honest <laughs> i approve of it he could pull it off better than his son pulled off the gucci coat the other week but that's a separate oh thing. gosh yeah sorry <laughs> that was just three sizes too big <laughs> See, that's um, so 2004. Come on, Dominic, get with the times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as I said, it was kind of it was kind of a nothing one. Um I mean this and 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 obviously when we get to SmackDown we point to something bigger, which is a lot of people are asking, you know, where does Asuka sit in the general women's picture? Because she is yeah. still raw women's champion. Um, but it's just kind of off to the side. I know people took a lot of issue with her losing to Alexa Bliss and being scared of Alexa when she was doing the whole Ray Wyatt corner spot. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, I don't. I, I think it's fair to introduce that. I mean, we have established in this time that Alexa Bliss can literally throw fire <laughs> <laughs> and spits out red goop. I mean, yeah, she pretty so... much she's capable of anything at this rate. <laughs> Oh, and costume changes in an instant. That's what yeah, we found out this Yeah, and costume changes mid-match. Um, so I, d- I don't really see there's there's that much issue with it. And I, I definitely think it's building to something bigger. They're obviously giving Alexa this big platform. Mm. So I don't really take too much issue with it. And I, I guess it would, be, it would be odd to call this a clean win. <laughs> yeah. So... I don't know how much issue I retake really with it. I mean, maybe I'm just trying to justify it into being something good. <laughs> what but we do that's... as wrestling fans every week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, I feel like that's just more a contextual thing than anything else. Yeah. Um, I mean, Xavier Woods doing his best to try and put over Retribution. Or we saw Mace, or as we know Dio Madden, in the ring. Um, He's trying. Yeah, uh, he's yeah. trying with what he's got. It definitely isn't the Dio Madden I know. <laughs> mm. It's, um, it's kind of sad to see if I'm... I mean, I mean, I think that's sentiment shared throughout the wider wrestling world. It's just like, it's just a shame seeing Retribution not even, like, fizzle out, but not even exist to be in that yeah. point where they can fizzle yeah. out. Yeah, fizzle out implies that they were bubbling in any sort of way. Well, is is the thing of thinking like, well, with with how they could have gone, we could have been. Ha- I mean, obviously, I know they wouldn't be going into it straight away, but having someone like Dio Madden and setting up a kind of easy feud in the future against Brock Lesnar mm. and having the two of them go at it uh, would have been would have been kind of interesting. Mm. But it doesn't it doesn't feel like we're going to get anything like that, and I'm really kind of saddened that I don't think anyone like Ali. 
or any of the other members are really going to get any payout, let alone people like Shane Fawn. Yeah. Which is a real shame because, I mean, as as we've established before, uh, at least me and Sam, huge fans of TM61. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it, it's kind of disheartening to see, really. Yeah. Um, still blows my mind how we managed to make it to the... Uh... Uh, to to the finals of that tournament that we did on stream. <laughs> oh, mate, don't matter. Shane Fawn. Come on now. Um, we had the Jeff Hardy versus Jackson Riker match. Now I'm just going to get this bit out of the way that I still don't want to be seeing Jackson Riker on TV. <laughs> Many people share that sentiment with me. <laughs> I'm just going to get that out of the way now. I mean, I I did. I, I want to say I kind of like the moment they did where Elias just hit Jeff Hardy while he was going for the swan song. She was like, if he hits you with that, you're not kicking out. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I thought that was like kind of cool. I mean, again, Jeff Hardy, Elias feud needs to be done by now. Yeah. It's gone on way, 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 way too long. Yeah. I mean, has the payoff to the whole drunk driving thing even happened yet or are they still right well, in the middle because the of thing this is because they acted, they acted like he got the payoff because jeff beat him in that weird hardcore match where it's just a bunch of instruments yeah but that it's was still... supposed to be the payoff but it's still going on so i have no idea and now jackson reich is out here and thinks he can use the black hole slam with and he's doing it with chest mm. not having that <laughs> not any time <laughs> Uh, so I mean like honestly the the biggest thing that I've wrought this week is one I was happy to see that Gilberg is healthy yes and that he's managing okay after having had that heart attack earlier in the year it was so crazy to see Gilberg and if if you hadn't if you hadn't seen the backstage interview he did afterwards it's one of them it's one of the most genuinely heartwarming things that they've had on WWE for a while Uh, yeah Mm. Because it, 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 it's, it it's, it's, it's literally just him talking very frankly about about what his career is, and yeah. it's honestly it's honestly just really really nice to see. Let's let's take into account as well that Gilberg is the longest reigning light heavyweight champion in WWE history. I know. You know, it, 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 again, it was just, it was just genuinely really nice, really nice to see. Mm. Uh, and then, honestly, the, the the main talking point from Raw was the Ricochet versus AJ Styles match. And this is just to say, this is what happens when you get two people who are really good together in the ring. How is this not a pay-per-view match? Yeah. Because it's, it's like people have forgotten that match that Ricochet had against AJ. Was it Extreme Rules? Yes. Where Ricochet was absolutely popping off, it spawned like the the clip that's been in nineteen billion YouTube clip videos of him doing the show, him doing the run on the shoulders of Gallows and Anderson, hitting mm. Hurricane Rana, of you know AJ catching him into the Styles Clash, and obviously they pulled off an amazing spot this week. Oh, that 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 oh, with that's the with a... the re, with the rebound off the kind of oh, the I, I guess re... like front drop suplex. Popping off, got trying to go for a hurricane run, dropping him into a Styles Clash. Such an amazing setup to the Styles Clash, and, and like, and again, it just boggles my mind when everyone else is, you know, other wrestlers being like, you don't realize how much ability that takes for Ricochet to do. Mm. And and it's like, um, uh, Shug D was saying, it takes so much body control to do that. 
Mm. Like every part of your body is involved in doing that. Yeah. And it's like the only person who could probably do that would probably be Ricochet or Jack Evans. Yeah. You know what? It really rings true to the whole... Um... I kind of wish the rumors of his contract being up were true. Yeah, I think more people. I think more people are with you on that though. Because, <laughs> man, that guy can do so much better elsewhere. <laughs> that guy really needs to just go and you know, it, go, it's, go it's, somewhere it's, where he will be appreciated. It's just please. really shameful that people are like, no, he's got all this ability, but he just isn't being used. <laughs> It's so frustrating. <laughs> it's so frustrating. Let's go. I mean, let's let's move on now. Let's move on to NXT UK. Fantastic show they had. Yeah, it was a uh, really good show. First, first real shout out: uh, Rampage Brown versus Dave Mastiff. Fantastic oh. big man match. <laughs> These two always put on some really great big man matches, and this one was no different. And and I mean, as as people have been saying, Rampage Brown, amazing pick up for nxt uk yes yes um he's now in one of the very many people that they've recently acquired from the uk scene because um i believe they picked up shar uh, samuels and uh, yes they, they now have uh shar samuels was there was it this week or was it last week i think it might have been last week it might have been last week they had shar samuels there, but they but... also um have signed Aaliyah james who is phenomenally yep. talented yeah, um, no, um, for anyone that wants to watch uh, Aaliyah James, just recently, um, when I was talking to the guys over at uh, uh, Monday Night Chores, uh, her, her match when she was in the tag team in EVE against Medusa Complex, oh, fantastic 20-minute match that, so uh, available for free available for free on YouTube as well. Yes, yes it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I, I mean, again, I, I think for, for now, we'll, we'll keep it away from the talk about NXT and NXT UK and its relation to the UK independent scene. Because <laughs> uh, I, I think that's something that deserves a whole episode to itself, really. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I mean, Dave Mastiff and Rampage Brown were absolutely fantastic against each other. Mm. Um, at, least if, at least we can say it's one thing, is that NXT UK is fantastic at doing, you know, two-person big man matches yeah no indeed i think i believe he's still there and if that's the case jim knows how to book good big man matches well um, yeah because the one i the one i think to i mean i know a lot of people don't see him as a traditional big man but um when they did uh uh trent seven versus dave mastiff in the heritage cup yes yes was a fantastic match mm, um and that's that's tough for me to say that uh, I I objectively believe that Trent Seven had a good match, but that's that's my own thing. <laughs> um, no, but it was it was um, absolutely fantastic. Um, Amir Jordan getting the win, setting up a story between him and is it Kenny Williams? I can never remember his name. Yeah, Kenny Williams. Yeah. Yeah. Um... So setting up setting up something uh, long term for him. But I'm happy that he's getting something because Amir Jordan is a legitimate talent for NXT UK. Yes, we are stands for Amir Jordan on this podcast, as 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 well documented on. You Twitter and your well. Primark jeans. I love you, man. <laughs> um, we saw the return of Dragunov against Jack Stars. Yeah. Dude, Ilya Dragunov is just so good. Yeah. So, 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 so I'm good. glad he's winning. If there's anything I'm glad is he is winning people over. 
Um, I think it all really you know, started I... with that match at Worlds Collide with Balor, and I think he's picked. He's he's slowly has gained that momentum since then. Uh, yeah, I think just, it all culminated in just, that. Just the just the thing of him. Just the thing of him coming back, and I'm looking at I'm looking at the general picture now, and I'm, you know, I'm just I'm hoping they kind of keep him and Volta on separate tracks until eventually they come together. Yeah, hopefully when there's fans back. <laughs> Please let that be soon. Please let uh, that be soon. <laughs> no, that's there. And then just finally as well, uh, Kaylee Ray retains against Ginny Couture. Um, it's just leaving a lot of people asking, really, who will take uh, the title off her. See, I because I would have been very much on the uh, side of, oh, well, surely this will be Ginny winning it, because if it seems logical, she's probably the best heel they actually, WWE actually has in the, in the women's division, if you ask me. Yeah. Uh, she's the one who can pick up real nuclear heat, and trust me, I've been in the audience and crowd... Uh, to some of what Peter, uh, to some of Ginny's matches, and boy, she doesn't even need to make any effort. She can draw heat. Well, yeah, that's, like that's, that's that's the thing, really. It's just kind of people asking, well, who who is it going to be then? Um, and obviously, obviously, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at Ginny Couture because I definitely think she should be in line for it. Yeah. Um, um, I'm guessing probably they're going to keep Piper Niven there, but mm. um, I don't know how I feel about her holding it. Piper is a good wrestler, um, but I think she hasn't been able to show that as much as she possibly could in NXT yeah. UK. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, honestly, man, I, I, I mean, I, and, say... I mean, it's, it's fair to say as well with the with the acquisitions that um, they're making, kind of kind of each week at this rate. Mm. Um, you know, who knows could be next? Exactly. <laughs> um. Still, though, we'll just quickly go over to 205. It's basically the, the NXT second show. Um, <laughs> dude, fantastic showing for Priscilla Kelly and Elena Black. Obviously, they have different names now, yes. uh, which were... Uh, was it Dolin? Dolin and Jade? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. But no, no, fantastic showing for them. Um, I'm kind of liking what they're doing with the Dusty Tag Classic, which is... They're kind of giving the more undercard talent, you know, the advancement because the other people have storylines going. Yes. It kind of stops things crossing over too much and lets people really get a platform for themselves. Mm-hmm. No, agreed. Uh, agreed on that. It's quite, cool. it's quite cool to see. Uh, we'll get on to the other match that was on uh, 205 there as well. Um but just, but just to say though, I mean, honestly, I'm amazed that Priscilla Kelly is in NXT. Same, same. Um, really, just a question of how far are they going to let her go? <laughs> well, not as far as that very infamous moment that she was involved in. Yeah, not not as far as that. But um... <laughs> Rudin, if you if you're confused, it's all right. We're not going to repeat what she did. Yeah, no, we won't, we won't. We won't. We won't. We won't tell you. And as 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 supposedly has been corroborated by other people working that show, it was indeed a work and was not actually real. Thank goodness. Okay. <laughs> but it's it's just a thing of well, how far are they going to let her go, or are they just going to kind of make her into like a second page? I guess. It remains to be seen, but um, no, I mean it, it, it's def it's definitely um, an interesting 
it's definitely an interesting pairing. Definitely interesting for them to both come in, especially when both of them had been you know done matches on dark and stuff. I mean, we've seen that with Ben Carter as well. Yeah. Um, but still, though, going on to NXT main, we have to mention the fight pit match between Thatcher and Champa. Fantastic. I love the fight pit, man. I love the yeah, fight. Yeah, no, it's, it's so fantastic. And if they want to make it like Timothy Thatcher's signature thing, then by all means, go ahead. Carte Blanche to do it because it works fantastically. Oh, man. It's oh, such a good match. Champa was tremendous in that match as well. Yeah, I know. A lot of people weren't expecting Champa to do as well as he did. I mean, obviously, we haven't really seen much of Champa as a, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a technical submission-based wrestler but i'll tell you what in terms of people who can just go at it and just start swinging punches as and when they want he's probably one of the best out there on nxt (laughs) also may i just add that his peach fuzz makes him look like kurt angle when he tried to grow his hair out in tna during the main event mafia yeah i know exactly the thing you're mentioning That made me laugh, but you know, you do you, Champa. I'm not going to mess with you because God, you'd probably snap me in half like a. <laughs> he, you know, Champa has that. Champa has that lumberjack kind of strength, yeah. where yes. like where it's just all core and can just bury you. <laughs> Great. Uh, getting more more steady build for Bronson Reed. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely good. Should be staying in the kind of position he is in now. He def- he's definitely got room to grow further, um, yeah. and just everything is just selling him as legit. I think he can move up into the contendership places as we've seen before when he was moving up slowly towards the North American title. Hmm. Uh, I can definitely see him staying around that picture. I know they're kind of keeping it clear for the Kushida and Johnny Gargano feud uh, that's kind of slowly developing and coming along. But I mean, we, that means we might see something like Kushida versus Bronson Reed, which isn't a matchup I'd normally think of, but I think could work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, it's worth saying the uh, Kushida and Ruff versus Gargano and Theory was fantastic. Oh, yeah, that uh, was great. Super happy to see Leon Ruff get the spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and just to say, I, I'm, I'm really liking how they're playing Kushida's versatility. Um, and you know, allowing him to show himself off as being a, a really smart technical guy because he is. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> love the love the finish with a hammerlock suplex with the bridge. Oh yes, absolutely oh. fantastic. Um, and just just everything that they had they had going in there to to keep everything going really well. Loads of great moments of action. Loads of great technical stuff. Loads of great moments with. Uh, Leon Ruff using the more high flying stuff. Mm. Um, so yeah, just just fantastic work as ever. And I, I guess finally the the last thing to talk about for NXT is the uh, the women's Dusty Cup match. Uh, <laughs> so it's Caden uh, Carter and Casey Catanzaro winning over uh, Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez. Big win for them. Yeah, man. Oh. Um, I don't think I don't think anyone was really expecting it. Yeah, it, and you know, it, it's no. fantastic to see that they're putting stock in them because they've kind of just been drifting aimlessly for a bit. So for them to, you know, get stock put in them, investing in an actual women's tag team that they have, 
really impressive to see. Really impressive showing by both of them. They really stepped up to the plate. Yeah, that and that that finishing sequence. Is, I have no way to describe what Catanzaro did. It was like a Phoenix splash send on. Yeah, and it was amazing. <laughs> like I honestly don't know how to explain it. <laughs> Great, that was crazy when I saw that. Yeah, and I, th- I think I think the big thing is to to say about it is that the amazing thing that NXT is doing is they're putting so much stock into their cruiserweights into the women's mid card to really build a, a, a really comprehensive product mm. makes a change um, for wwe doesn't it yeah i know <laughs> it, 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 it's just so refreshing from main roster <laughs> you know it just to just to see what's happening and just see this all-around production that's kind of focused on all levels of it mm. I mean, because like we're gonna get, we're now gonna get onto SmackDown, and it's to say that SmackDown this week was was really good. There was only one, there was only one match, one person, and a couple moments I didn't like. But I mean, we'll we'll, we'll start off of it, and we'll just say that the the segment between Paul Heyman, Adam Pearce, and Roman Reigns was fantastic. Yeah, same continuing on as ever. Um, you know, I think I think it's understated to say. I mean, it's probably it's, it's overstated. Most people obviously say it all the time about how good Paul Heyman is. Yeah, he is so good. As, like, and, it's kind of I think, it, I think, you know, I think it's important to recognize how important he is to this as a whole because he is one of the people behind it. Mm. it it's so weird seeing Paul Heyman because sometimes I look at him and I'm like, I'm like, in like another life, you'd make like a really good character actor. <laughs> oh, that's, <laughs> the, that's, the, that's, the, that's literally it. That is the thing. He has a, he has a character that he knows well and can do it perfectly. <laughs> um, you know, again, people were talking about how they were kind of leaning back into the whole um, "you weren't good enough for WWE" shtick and the kind of implications of that. Yeah, but you know, you know, honestly, I think it, you know, at least for Heyman, I think it's it may be a little bold and off-piste for him <laughs> given his connection to ECW <laughs> yeah but at the same time like I get why he's doing it yeah um but this is this is honestly this is honestly to say um I think one of the things that might mean that might make Heyman be enjoying this more is that he kind of knows he doesn't have to do all the talking hmm <laughs> I know, I know people are going to take this as me coming at Brock Lesnar, and I'm not. Like, Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar is a fantastic pairing. But I think the thing that's making this quite good for him now is that, it, you know, they're kind of playing off each other. Mm. They always have kind of someone to go to. It's always kind of like a back and forth. It, it, it feels very much like a, you know a client advisor thing. Yeah. Because it's like, it, was just, it was just the moment of when he was like... Um, you know, do you know what it's like to be working with the Anoa'i family? Do you? You see, he knows. My client knows. The head of the table knows. If you disrespect him, you disrespect me. If you disrespect me, you disrespect him. And they're kind of going back and forth between each other. <clears throat> Rather than it just being like, this person is feuding with Brock Lesnar, but they're going to spend the entire time talking to Paul Heyman. <laughs> yeah, it, I do it, see it, that. It, it, it's, it's like a slight distinction. <laughs> I think he shared similar sentiments with C- with his uh, with his run with CM Punk as well. Mm. Um, yeah, about how he 
how he uh, <laughs> didn't have to do the talking all the time, but he said the one annoying thing was holding the belt all the flipping time in the air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the promos. But um, no, I I mean I I I really liked it. Um, mm. Just quickly to say, I'm liking the implications that they've got going with Billy Kay and the Riot Squad, uh, <laughs> yeah. and and the potential that they are looking, they are leaning into a long term booking angle because as people, if people will remember, um, the Riot Squad were the reason that uh, the iconic split up. Mm. Yeah. And people have been saying, is this developing into an angle where Billy Kay just kind of keeps fucking them over week by week? Um, which I mean, I would love to see. I mean, obviously, it depends what's the payoff. <laughs> True, yeah. but then again, because like, in theory, the payoff is in the Iconics reform. Yeah. Yes. But and here's the thing: as we've always said many a time during a, a news segment, are WWE creative really that smart? Well, that's <laughs> that the is, thing. You that know, is, it, that, it, is, that is always it, the, the open of, question. It's it's a lot of inference. It's a lot of inference. <laughs> Um, but like, but like, honestly though, I I mean, it's fantastic. You know, even though it's ending with like the Riot Squad losing and Billy Kay kind of being made to look like an idiot, the thing is that I think it's actually bringing a lot of people on side. Mm. Like a lot of people are really enjoying it and really enjoying Billy Kay's work. I mean, I am because I I fucking love Billy Kay. I think she's hilarious. Yes. So, you know, it just is. It's a lot of stuff that's really really working well i mean same i'm still on board with sammy Zayn's character <laughs> yes i i really like i really liked what he did with like chaining himself to the barricade <laughs> and just standing there and constantly cutting back to him while matches are going on mm. <laughs> you know i know it's silly and i know there's a lot of kind of implication i still feel it is a little bit tone deaf given the current situation <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh yeah. But in 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 the same in the same way, I I think it I think it kind of fits with him, and I think eventually it will kind of lead to them turning him back face. Mm. I don't know how, <laughs> but I get the feeling it will probably point back there. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is gonna be <clears throat> this is probably gonna be my controversial bit of the new segment, which is that I was really really unhappy with charlotte flair this smackdown really there was a lot there was a lot going on uh mainly around charlotte just looking really stiff in ring a lot of no selling uh and just honestly You know, it just didn't feel like she was on the same page as everyone else. Hmm. I thought that was. I I'm I'm glad that you pointed that out because I I, I noticed that something was off, and I thought it was just me that noticed that something was off with Charlotte. I mean, look, in, on this, I've uh... I've slowly gotten to watching like Noah, old All Japan matches, etc. etc. <laughs> mm. I'm no stranger to kickouts at one. Mm. <laughs> I have watched uh, Shingo versus Suzu- Shingo Takagi versus Minoru Suzuki in a never title match. <laughs> Let alone, um, oh fuck, who was it that Shingo faced earlier this year? Shingo versus Tomohiro Ishii, where there's just about twenty-one counts within like ten seconds of each other. <laughs> mm. All right, I'm no surprise. I'm I'm no stranger to it. Mm. But 
A, this is WWE, not New Japan. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair, fair cop, fair cop. And like the the thing was, is it was just like it was like they just told her to go out there and just go whatever they hit you with, just kick out as soon as possible. Yeah. And I just I don't think it it does anything for anyone else. Yeah. You know, I I just think it leaves everything in a, in a really awkward place because it just basically makes it seem like the riot squad can't do anything. Mm. I yeah, I just you know, and and the, the, and you know, the, there are small moments that I can that I can pick on, like when 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 Liv and Ruby were just fucking leaning over, waiting for Charlotte to kick them for about ten seconds. Yeah, while Charlotte was still hanging on the ropes. Yeah. Or, um, or you know, Charlotte just like standing in the corner waiting for like her to be exactly ready and not making the calls and everything like that. You know, not really seeming like she was communicating. But like the the one that really got me was when the riot squad did their corner tag team did a corner tag team move and then Charlotte just kicked out a zero. Yeah, it just felt really out of place and just didn't. You know, I, I I don't know if it's like this like this whole thing they have about how dominant she has to be. The Omni Flare strikes because again. like yeah. because like I mean we should be here and say I don't. I mean I think I've seen like Drew McIntyre kick out at zero like once or twice off like clotheslines. Yeah. Yeah. You know, basic moves that aren't anything else. That, but I don't feel like I've seen him do anything like. That. I don't even think I've seen Roman do anything like that in his matches against Kevin Owens. No, no. I so it ju- it just it just seems really, you know, it it just doesn't seem to fit in. Yeah. It just seems out of place, and it just seems like because it seems like it was a very conscious decision. Mm. You know, it, it it didn't seem like she was just off camp with the referees or anything. <laughs> Yeah. So I don't I don't know what it was, but it, it just it just didn't sit right. Something didn't <laughs> seem right to me. And it's and it's worth it's worth saying as well. People were like, "When's Oscar going to get a pin for the team? Mm. Mm. When's Oscar going to be able to do anything for the team? <laughs> Why has Charlotte picked up like all five of the wins that that they've had? Damn son. Yeah. You know. So you know, it, it it's got it's it's got some people quite annoyed and it certainly didn't you know it just didn't seem right to me given the picture of everything else i know people would be like you just don't like charlotte flair and i'd be like no i do but there's a line because <laughs> <laughs> it's what i'll be here and say if anyone else was doing that without good cause i would be pissed off as well yeah uh so let's go let's go on to something um in a completely different vein <laughs> sasha banks versus carmella's assistant reggie that is and a sentence that was a match and here's the thing right Reggie had zero offense but people weren't angry at it and you want to know why it's because everything was well placed and timed for effect <laughs> simple thing it's it's just a it's just a really simple small thing yep and they they just knew how to they just knew how to do it they knew exactly what they needed to do to make to make it look cool, to make it seem like it was important, and it worked. Mm. That's how you, know, you do as, it. As as I said, quoted him earlier, um, Shugdi earlier as well, saying like, you know, everything was just in place. That you know, there is a time and a place to do all that kind of more acrobatic stuff. Mm. 
and mm. you're seeing him do stuff and like being thrown towards the steps and just being like, okay, I'm going to jump on it and then just do a front flip off it. <laughs> do a handstand to avoid to avoid a move. Like, cool, yeah, good. It all worked. <laughs> it, no, like, honestly, the mm. segment just worked perfectly. Yeah. No, agreed, agreed. Um, surprised the heck out of me. That's all I'll say. <laughs> and then just finally for SmackDown, just here to say, who would have thought that Ziggler and Cesaro would have a fantastic match? We all did. Two, but two everyone. Who would have known that two incredibly consistent and high-quality workers would have a good match? <laughs> Not Vince. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, people were so surprised at it, and I'm like, no! Because <laughs> they're just good at what they do. Why is this shocking to you? They're both really good and have been for, like... How long has Cesaro? How long has Cesaro been? Cesaro's been in WWE since 2012, I think. So main roster anyway since 20. Yeah, yeah. main roster. They they have both. They have both been good for over, if not coming up to a decade. And how are everyone surprised by this? Yeah, I I don't know. Uh, Moving on to AEW though. um, So we had the continuation of Chuck Taylor, or as he's now known, Charles. (laughs) <laughs> and Miro looks like we're getting Orange Cassidy versus Miro. The two of them seem like they're completely in in for it. Seem totally happy for it and power to them. I'm, 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 there's there's one match for for an a, for AEW. If it's going to be at Revolution, I'm hyped for it's that one. Gosh, yeah, I'm no, looking forward to that match. Um, this is just a this is just a side note to say. I just kind I've just found myself liking Kip Sabian more and more. Mm. I don't know why. <laughs> I just have. Kip's great. Uh, Kip is we had, great. We had the the four-man, or the eight-man tag team match for Negative One's birthday. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> had the nice little funny segment at the end with and with various bits like Luther getting dropped into the cake and um, Negative One uh, hitting him with the kendo stick, which had the lovely purple wrapped handle on it. Um, and you know, taking his dad's uh, gimmick of throwing papers, <laughs> throwing the papers. There were just lo- there were just loads of really fun bits in there. Oh, uh, I mean, it's worth it's worth saying again. Why I mentioned uh, Kip Sabian and Orange Cassidy versus Miro, the Layla Hirsch, great pickup for AEW. Mm. Yeah, going to be fantastic, fantastic talent for the future for them. Um, obviously, they have the uh, women's title eliminator tournament coming up. Which mm-hmm. is split into American and Japanese brackets, so I imagine we could see uh, Layla Hirsch in the American bracket. Yeah, um, interesting to see who will come in the Japanese bracket. Obviously, we're fairly, we're basically ninety-five percent sure Riho is going to be in there and probably going to be the winner, <laughs> <laughs> considering the amount of effort that they've tried to do to get her back from Japan. Yeah, uh, and having it been that Riho finished her contract with Stardom in December. Mm. Um, so uh, remains to be seen on that mm-hmm. um, we're going to be getting so Sting and Darby Allen versus Starks and Cage in a street fight <laughs> uh, I'm assuming it's probably going to be like um, the the one between best friends and whatever they're called in AEW <laughs> I can never remember their name in AEW because I was trying to say Team Pazuzu but it isn't Team Pazuzu anymore no um, oh I- It'll come back to me after the recording. Yeah. <laughs> Santana and Ortiz. <laughs> That's the one. Yes. Um, 
but it looks like we're going to be getting some with them. Looks to be more in the cinematic end, like that Best Friends one. Mm. Uh, but still, you know, interesting to see what they'll do with it. And and who knows? <clears throat> Sting could probably still go. We will never yeah. know. <laughs> um, just quickly dashing over to Impact, just because he had Hard to Kill, and obviously their latest segment of Impact. I have to say, fantastic um, work for them to give respect to Rich Swan. Yes, yes. I was really worried that they were going to lean too heavy into it and just sell it off really badly, but I'm happy that they gave a bit of respect. Mm. I was worried about that as well <laughs> during that event. Uh, so yeah, it was it was really good to see. I mean, again, Moose building his stock off the off the back of that um, looks like we could be seeing him in AEW in some time soon, but it's hard to say really because we haven't really seen anyone from Impact go over to AEW. Mm. I've, I've, I would have thought like if, if this was kind of like as it's been happening I, I would have thought Rich Swan would have turned up by now but um, it, it well, remains that's the thing. to be seen um, a lot of people asking what's next for Ethan Page some people are saying he might be going to WWE I don't see that being the right fit for him though same same. I was, I was, I was upset to find out that the whole uh, Ethan Page Karate Man match wasn't as um what didn't live up to the expectations that uh, Ethan Page was told it would uh, yeah. if he if his um tweet was anything to go by in that match which is a shame because yeah because it, it, it seemed like if that's the case then they deliberately edited that to look a bit stupid because they probably took one look one look at his YouTube channel and gone all right we'll just do that then they yeah, could have, it, I think they could have put some more. They could have put a, a little extra effort into it to make it seem a lot more grander than what the YouTube clips were doing. Yeah, I know it. It you know it, it's really unfortunate of him. But people are saying like, well, what's the next step for him? I definitely don't think WWE is the right pick for him. I think he's far too much of a you know creative person in his own right. Unless they get in his contract, he states that he has some amount of creative control in terms of what. Yeah, he can but then do. I feel like that at that point he'd just be limited to NXT. Yeah. So mm. I mean, I'm not saying this is like as a downplay or that he's not that capable of being in WWE. Actually, no. Uh, beyond well, no, no I'm not. Oh saying no, that no, no, no! More than capable. Good. More than capable of um, being in WWE. Absolutely, and th- man, the the way he transformed in twenty twenty is is outstanding. Like he is dentures all heck now. And plus, you know, Ethan Page is awesome. I've made it abundantly clear in previous oh, episodes that Ethan Page is awesome. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's like it's that thing of it's. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. Yeah, for sure. Because um, he, he is more than capable of going to WWE and NXT. Oh, it's just a case of if Hunter would be willing to pull the trigger on his creativity. Because he's got it pouring out of him. Oh, yeah. No, he, he he's very much in, in the new style vein. Uh, you know, very kind of similar in a sense to people like so in Impact, uh, Susie slash Sue Young. Mm. Uh, you know, you could also throw people like Bray Wyatt in there as well. Yeah. Of, you know, genuinely very creative wrestlers who have lots of big ideas about what they want to do and what and what they can do with the form. Mm. And I, I love that. I think that's amazing. <laughs> but, if, you know, if he's going to be in a place where he's kind of limited, mm. then it's just not the right fit. Yeah. But, you know, 
I mean, going on with the rest of Impact, we have Matt Cardona debuting. Great uh, to see fan- him back on. Uh, just, just fantastic to see him doing it and doing his thing and enjoying it. You know, that's that's the most of it, really. Mm. It's weird. It's after all these years seeing seeing him in other companies, like because he'd been in WWE well most of his entire adult life. Pretty up much. Until that point. Been, I mean, he'd pretty much been there since what. 2008? I want to say earlier. I think it might have been 2005. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, because I know he had that warm-up match against Matt Morgan um, that one time. And I think he'd been in Deep South and OVW ever since, really, until he got the call to as the Major Brothers. So, no, it's, 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 it's awesome. And he looks genuinely happy as well. So you can't fault, fault that. And uh, um, it's just it's just great to see him back in wrestling yeah, again. Absolutely. Uh, but then, just moving on to the final bits, of the other news: Kenny Omega saying that the AEW Women's Division is his top priority above everything else. I know that's met a lot of reaction online that we won't necessarily go into. Uh, <laughs> All I'm saying, because... mate, you're doing a stellar job. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is it should be one of your priorities because it is your job at AEW. Exactly. It's your job it's your job to make to handle the the women's talent side of things. Um, we have more we have more details on the superstar spectacle coming out of uh, mm. India, which is WWE's first venture before they start the NXT India project. Mm. Uh, and basically, as much as we know, is it's just going to kind of be like a two hour special. Mm. Uh, number of matches on the card. Apparently, Jinder Mahal is touted to return to action in ring. Nice, nice. Um, and then there's just going to be a few moments of uh, Triple H talking about, um, you know, getting into the Indian wrestling market. Uh, how he wants to make NXT India basically the central brand for India and the start of well, uh, supposedly what seems to be NXT's further venture into the asian wrestling market really mm. uh we know that obviously before they had the plan about nxt japan which was met with a lot of uh negative reactions doesn't listen listen <clears throat> going try wwe trying to take a, like a foothold in japan is even for a company like that a losing battle <laughs> There's yeah. no way. Unless you Kit Kat. <laughs> like they are fighting they are fighting a big old war to try and get into that. And so obviously the the, the one that people are looking to is they're saying, okay, they've got NXT India now, and that's gonna be their center for both developing talent but also running regular shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people have been looking to maybe the idea and I, as I've suggested before of uh, NXT Australia. Mm. no word on that coming ahead though mm. um, it still seems to be a general thing among fans it might be a cool concept for them to do um, but still though I think it's I think it's an interesting venture definitely for them it makes sense from a business point of view I mean basically they're a big company that have an empty market to walk into question actually what's the um if, if anyone knows about specifically Sam probably what's the wrestling scene like in China as I said, I th- um. So I only know one Chinese company, British mm. Middle Kingdom. Yes. Uh, and while I more... know they have a fairly big profile, but it's not huge. 
It's not the biggest. Um, it's more. It's more prevalent as uh, in Hong Kong as well. And yeah, most of that I guess comes Hong Kong. From... Yeah, Hong Kong is a real big hotbed. That, that makes a lot, as well. That makes a lot of sense. I'm surprised that they haven't tried to get. Was, um, that was Jason Lee and Ho Ho Lun. Yes, and those, yeah. both, and those both were self-trained guys as well. So they're get... both working Dragon Gate now, aren't they? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they it's, were at some point. I know. Yeah. I know they were at some point. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of surprising that they haven't thought about China Hong that kind of. Bit. I think it, they tried to have at least a little push during uh, the uh, the Cruiserweight Classic and the first May Young Classic, but it kind of just petered out afterwards. Because I know that they had, did sign Ho Ho Loon to a contract, and then when he was just yeah. being used as a bit part player, they just thought, ah, we need to cut, cut costs. We'll just send you back to Hong Kong. Sorry, best of luck on your future endeavors. Hmm. Yeah, he responded to that by then starting up his own company in training school. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, I guess they kind of... If they were to do that, they really need to do a lot of sucking up because I think they might have um, yeah. burnt a few bridges in the Chinese slash Hong Kong market. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm imagining for WWE as well, going into China is probably a legal minefield. Oh, probably. Probably. <laughs> so i'm i'm just assuming that's probably part of it as well but i think there's space that they could there's definitely space that they could develop into further true true i mean as you know like i i've i've you know i've been i've been thinking why haven't nxt made an approach for south africa that's a good point actually. that's a very good point that is a very because good point, actually it, it, it took it took um pj black going all the way back to South Africa to start his own promotion there mm. to have it get any traction. And as yeah. people will uh, may not have known, uh, South Africa was a very big hotbed for wrestling in the 80s. Yes. I did not know that. Yes. So it's kind of odd that they haven't tried to make any expansion in that market. You know, you know what? Especially, you know... especially as, as Reader will be able to back me up on this. West Africans love wrestling. <laughs> Literally, I was about to say... If I, I'm, oh man, I, I could, I could get very, I could get very salty and say something, <laughs> but I, I will cut out the one bit that I want to say <laughs> and simply say, WWE, if you, if you make inroads in Nigeria, you will be there forever. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It, it, there, there's real estate for them to go into that I'm surprised that they haven't. Yeah. And it's weird that they, it's weird that the two they always go to are NXT Japan and NXT Mexico, mm. when mm. those are both two incredibly flooded, culturally entrenched markets. Yes. <laughs> yeah. WWE Nigeria would be great. I could, so, I could see like, that if bum. they want to make if they want to make inroads into the African market or the Asian market, whether that's South Asian or East Asian, I think they've got a lot of time and space to work from there. Exactly, yeah. and if and if they never if they don't sign Power Uti uh, in NXT Nigeria, I'm man, I'm I'm that's like that's a failed that's a failed market <laughs> they've done. <for> sure. <laughs> there's there, there's a whole there's a whole world of them to there's a whole world of places they could go into, and I hope that, that someone does pick up those markets. Yeah, indeed. You know, I I've said I'm going to be giving a lot more attention to uh, the Australian independent scene because that seems to be one of the big feeders for the UK scene. Mm. No, it, so it really is. Having 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 a look at that area will be really interesting for me to see where things go in the future. But with that, we are done with the news. Awesome. Alrighty then. Before we get to the main part, as ever, we like to say we are affiliated with Super Kicks and with Graps 
and Gaijin Worldwide. For 10% off of your shipping at, uh, at uh, Super Kicks, sorry, that is Chinwag. And for, I should know, it's free shipping with free, free, free international shipping at Super Kicks we get, uh, we with get Code so, Chinwag. And then uh, Gaijin Worldwide in Graps Apparel. Sweet chin for ten percent off. It gets all, confusing. All it. it gets confusing at this point. We've got so many yeah, affiliated links. Look, you'd think <laughs> that you would have think that I'd have done better at choosing them, but <laughs> like, was... it was an oversight on my part. But Sam, that they're was all such, amazing. That was such a humble brag. We have too many affiliates. <laughs> we can't barely, we can't possibly keep track of all of them. At this part, we are now you, sponsored you, by you, Snickers, KFC. <laughs> Real talk. Listen, like I will tell you this now. I like if if McFiddies wants to sponsor us, I will chill <laughs> for the rest of my life. This man goes through biscuits like nobody else's business. So please, McVitties, hook us up. Give us a call, McVitties. I am dead serious. Yo, do you reckon we can get an advertising deal with Kipling? I'm just ba- saying. Mm. Cherry Bakewells, you know where it's at. Lemon slices. <laughs> God, this is this I'm is this saying. is being way off course now. But uh, no, uh, <laughs> as I said, yes, free international shipping with Super Kicks, ten percent off of your order with Graps and Gaijin. <laughs> That's Chinwag for Super Kicks and Sweet Chin for Graps and Gaijin. That is right, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. You got it. You got it. Real. <laughs> Took me seventeen tries, but I got there. <laughs> so, it's alright. We'll re- we'll rehearse it in the week. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. And with that cluster fudge, it is time to move on to the main portion of this episode: best and worst finishers. Oh boy, this is gonna be a doozy. I think it's gonna oh, be gosh. chilled, but it might. As I said, it will probably divide an audience. Slap bang right in the middle for this one. So. Have we had a Pokedex entry for finishing move, Reardon? I think we have, but just in case. <laughs> finisher. Finishing move. The move that supposedly is... <laughs> because, you know, we have kickouts forever. But <laughs> it's, it is supposedly the final move meant to finish a match. The signature move, the move that can make or break many a wrestler, which we will get to. (laughs) Oh, man, that and then some. So, now, the way we formatted this, we didn't really format it. We basically just went off and kind of collated lists, didn't we? Yeah, we just kind of did did lists i know some people went into more detail some Hello. people went into less <laughs> um, so i'm gonna i'm gonna do my best to try and like keep up with them and i'll probably basically i'm gonna be giving answers but there's gonna be a whole bunch of caveats attached to them yeah so kind hmm. of like i went to be going i couldn't decide finishers if i had to list them so i went i i, I broke them down to differing factors yeah so <laughs> i've i've kind of i've kind of broken mine down into like uh a more general answer and then like a more specific one it's gonna sound weird i know <laughs> as because, is tradition, like, i haven't bothered <laughs> yeah because like i was there and i was like but how do you compare say i don't know a you know, a submission to, like, an aerial move. Exactly. Exactly. Hence why I had... In my mind, I had to categorise them that way because it's like, I can't... 
you know, you can't just... I, I In my mind, I can't specify why I would like a certain grapple move over, say, a, a top rope finisher. But when I both like them equally and they both have their place. So it's like, I had to, I had no choice in my mind but to categorize all of these. So we're gonna, we're gonna start off good. We're gonna start off with best and then we're gonna save the, well, the, the best bit, which is the worst bit for last. Does that make sense? No, same, but we're gonna keep same, going It's the anyway. same as when we did, uh... Uh, best worst promo, which is end with start off high, be happy, and then get worse. <laughs> All right, and then you get to the really bad bits, which make you laugh. Yes, exactly. Oh boy, do I have some doozies for worst. Anyhow, shall we? Should we get rolling? And I say, let's start rolling with Dan. Okay. <laughs> So, my so for number three, uh, I have got two coming together. <laughs> so, the first one is I'm going to describe it more generally as strike finishers where they bring up the opponent that they've already basically knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> because I will be here to say, generally, strike finishers make no sense. True. Because why should one strike be more powerful than anything else? True. But but given the moment of where they've normally done a move to set it up and put the opponent down to pick them up and then hit it, mm. I think it's fantastic. So my two examples for that are the Uraken yes. and the Black Mass. Yes. Um, mm. I'm, I'm glad you brought those ones up because I was thinking of that as well. Strikes are, are a weird thing where they they there are certain moves that are justified in being finishers. And I think those two are great examples. Black Mass is probably the modern the, example of that. The, the, the Black yeah. Mass is the modern example. And I think the thing about it is that even though it is a strike finisher, I think there's enough about the mechanics of it that don't make that doesn't make people question it. Exactly. Yeah. Because it is a straight up tie boxing style kick with rotation. Can, so you yeah. are generating much more force. And if you've seen, for example, the one he hits on Cesaro... Yes, uh, I believe again it was Extreme Rules, and he kicks the he kicks the uh, the mouth guard out of his mouth. Yeah, <laughs> Can, I, yeah. Oh, Sorry, I just got to quickly put speak on like strike stuff. I really do feel like it's kicks works, punches. Yeah, in kicks, general, kicks, just don't. Kicks generally work if it's yes. a kick or a knee strike or something like that. It works. My inclusion of the Uraken is mainly just around A, the fact it was done by Aja Kong. Yep. Mm. Uh, who is an absolute powerhouse. <laughs> Absolutely is. But also, it just uh, reminded me of the one. Well, I mean, there's many examples because of Aja Kong's incredibly long and very storied career that is still continuing somehow. Yeah. Uh, but the one I always the one I always point to is uh, from uh, Raw in 1995, Aja Kong versus Chaparita Arisa. Yes, and oh, straight was... up, like Aja Kong hits her with a clothesline, picks her up, and then just b spinning back fists her straight in the jaw. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the thing I love about it. It's that thing of they're already down and you pick them up just to hit them clean in the face. <sighs> oh, no, oh, yeah. I feel like 
the legacy of that lives on certainly with with Eddie Kingston. And yeah, Eddie Kingston's backfist of the future continues it. Um, there are still plenty of people out there who have that same thing. Uh, again, a lot of people would point to it as a more Japanese style thing. Because mm. I can still remember, you know, ha- I mean, having recently gone back and watched Misawa matches, where one of his most one of his most signature things is going for pins off doing a running like elbow strike. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, he hits, but he hits it fucking snug enough to make it believable. <laughs> Damn right he does. Damn right. And so I, I just think there's, I think there's a lot, there's a lot to appreciate in it, especially if you're a heel, because yes. the whole thing picking up your opponent just so you can get a better connection on your attack exactly. is possibly exactly. one of those heel things. Um, and so in that same vein of something that involves a lot of setup. Uh, in my kind of alternative category, I know this is probably weird to include alongside the Urakan and Black Mask, but I've actually gone for the six one nine. Hang on, hang on. Okay, now I'm now I'm now I'm now I I demand an explanation on this one actually <laughs> because it is it's a move that involves a lot of setup and there's a lot of moving pieces. True, but True. for my number three kind of think of it more in a spectacle sense. Yes. Mm. <laughs> the 619 is designed to be a spectacle yes yeah. it's designed to make you pay attention i'm just going to be here and say the west coast pop is the best version yes <laughs> goes west coast pop frog splash then regular splash the, the flying hot dog basically yeah <laughs> where he just splash. always turns into a plank <laughs> <laughs> um but no it, it's just there to make you go wow yeah because yeah. no, no. it's the combination of doing a fucking tiger faint kick, then you know, do the drop toe hold onto the ropes, then doing then doing the tiger faint kick, then doing the move from the top as well. Yeah. And so just in terms of pure spectacle, I honestly don't know I mean I've got I've I've managed to get two that are even higher up, but like honestly for the amount of mechanics that go into it and the amount of moving parts. Yeah. <laughs> And it's just it's just that thing of like, you know, is it believable like the Urakid or the Black Mass? No. But basically you've just seen someone get hit three times, usually square in the face. Yeah. And so it even though it's kinda ridiculous, it can kinda pull you in. Oh yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Number three, Iraq and Black Mass, and then for spectacle the six one nine. Oh man. So for me, ugh. This is going to get very, very specific because I didn't list them, um, and I had to go for. Um, basically, I'm going to set you out as 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 the categories I I have put down for this one. So as you started off with strikes, I'm glad you brought that up because I'm only going to go for the two that are oh, the top two that I put here. Uh, number two, we have the lariat. And I mean every single version of the Lariat. The Western Lariat from Stan Hansen, the Clothesline from Hell from Bradshaw, the Jawbreaker mm. Lariat from Nigel, the Discus Clothesline from Luke Harper, and yes, I even think the Axe Bomber from Hulk Hogan was a better finisher than the Atomic Oh, Lifter. don't worry, I'll be, get, I'll be getting to that later. <laughs> but seriously, I... Oh, man. I'll be when I talk about the, uh, the, the fan submissions. I feel like the Lariat is the quintessential striking move of any wrestler. Yeah, I think it, I think it's I think it's just that pure thing of like 
basically you're hitting someone in the face with your arm at full pelt. <laughs> exactly. No, or or if you're or if you're being really nasty, just the neck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I do like a good lariat, or, or as the Japanese would say, a lariat. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's it's worth being here and saying, like the Stan, Stan Hansen's Larry is amazing. I yes. love it so much, even though it looks like it would kill me. <laughs> yeah, actually, I, I actually like. I agree, but for some reason, of all the moves, the lariat is just a bit too violent. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just. Is it I Billy th- Gunn's selling of the clothesline from Hell? Do you think? <laughs> I think it's just like, like I think you know. So um, back in the day, I did um, I did kung fu, mm-hmm. and my go like and punching someone in the throat, even like even like when you're like you're just sparring and you do it lightly, is like a oh god, what have I done? <laughs> so seeing like something like um. Something like the clothesline from hell, which I, I've always found fascinating in that one, Bradshaw uses the ropes, and two, he T-bones you. Yes. It's just, it's disgusting. It's just <laughs> disgusting to behold. <laughs> oh, hence why I put it so high. No. <laughs> but uh, no, my favourite strike finisher has to be uh, the elbow. Masawa's yep. and Chris Heroes, because to quote a very famous YouTuber, Masawa's elbow is God. Because <laughs> he put mustard on an elbow, and this was the move that knocked out Stan Hansen and, and Masawa became Triple Crown Champion. This is this is the move that kind of put Chris Hero on the map, and the both of them made it look so damn violent. Yeah, no, I... I... I grown to love Miss Arwood, but it's worth mentioning like watch it rewatching uh like old PWG. Mm. Yo, the connection Chris Hero used to get on that was filthy. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Damn right it was. Damn right. So those for strikes for me. I don't know if you guys want to kind of like go around because I know I've got quite a few here that I've categorized um or would you like me to carry on? <laughs> yes, yeah, so let, let's let's go go to your next category, and then we'll we'll actually no no we'll go we'll go Reardon. we'll go Reardon. Okay, seeing as we're kind of like we're making it light and all that, I don't have it listed or anything. I'm just thinking of like when I do my list, I'm thinking of what I think of when I think of a finisher. It's over kind of, move. Mm. but for some reason. Just, just at the top of my head. Whenever I like, as an honourable mention, whenever I think of it, I think of the Master Lock. Yeah, interesting choice. But I like it. The full Nelson is a really good submission move for big guys. Yeah, for like like Chris Masters, uh, Bobby Lashley, uh, Lashley, Lashley, Lashley. So no, like yeah, I just I I think it was the first like I think it's also because it was the um, it was the first, it was the I I think it's kind of like because it was the first submission move where like a, a storyline was that no one could bust out of this submission move. <laughs> yeah, and I think as a kid, 
completely rejecting the don't try this at home warnings. Oh, yeah, but if if we all had, like, uh, if we all had a brother, then, yeah. we, you know, we just put them into a master lock just for yeah. the sake of it. I Trust was the one me, I was on the receiving yeah, end yeah. of that a lot of it times was, from my yeah. brother. It was, yeah, it was the first move where it was kind of like, like, because when you watch it, you're thinking like, ah, oh, that doesn't look so bad. But that's before um, you're your child and you don't know a thing about limb rotation. Yes. <laughs> At the moment you do it, you're like, no, Jesus, no, get out. This, this hurts like hell. I feel like my arms are about to rip out of their damn sockets. <laughs> and you complete. It's one of the most believable submissions. <laughs> because and also because you could do it so quickly all you yeah. need to do is just run get someone like you just need to hook into someone's hit someone's armpits and that's it game over game over yeah like so i think of that as a finishing move for real life because if you <laughs> do that to someone and put even a small ounce of pressure nah nah mate <laughs> Um. Oh man, no. Speaking of uh, of submission moves that don't look like they hurt, but really do hurt. But one of my favorites is the Fujiwara armbar. Dude, I love the Fujiwara. Oh, made of course by Yoshiaki Fujiwara. Uh, its namesake. I think most more or less adopted and made look even more painful by Timothy Thatcher. Mm. Timmy G. Thatcher is just like such an intense person. I believe it. <laughs> no, yeah, that oh, that one's one of my favorites. I believe his facial expression. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but no, that's definitely up there as one of my favorites. Uh, other submission finishes for me are the rear naked choke slash katahajime, or as Joey Stars would say, <laughs> katahajime. <laughs> Uh, flex. <laughs> uh, the cattle mutilation. As yeah, love well. the cattle mutilation. Even though people come at will come at me and say it look it looks ridiculous, I think it looks great. It looks great, and of course Daniel Macabe's version, the Macabe lock, which is the cattle mutilation from a seated position. Pain. That looks Full so stop. damn pain. <laughs> yeah. I have to like, oh man! If I ever get the chance to talk to Daniel Macabe, I have to ask. How painful is that to receive? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Dragon Sleeper slash Stretch Plum is one of my kind of... Okay, I was going to say, which version of the Dragon Sleeper is your favourite? The classic or the Drew Gulak one? Oh, man. Now you're asking me whether I like like it's whether I love my mum or my dad more because it's like you're taking you're making me go Gulak or Kawada. Uh, <laughs> oh, only because... just 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 like uh, uh, you know like as a general move as a general move if you if you were like yeah okay I I want to take that. I, I, mm. I'd rather take it from no one but <laughs> from neither, neither <laughs> of them because it looks painful. But I. I... Just because I'd been watching him a bit longer, I'd say Kawada's stretch plum. Just. Just, yeah. though. Um, but you'd be surprised that my favourite submission finisher is the Texas Cloverleaf. Oh! Yeah, no, great choice, great choice. Uh, it's Dean Malenko. Of course it's Dean Malenko's version. Yeah. And the way he set that up and then to just sink it deep as well looked painful as heck. Uh, but no, those are some of my favourite submission ones. Should we should we go round the table? Because I'm pretty sure that Dan still has a few more favourites. 
Oh yeah. Well, yeah. So I've got I've got two more in there. If we're talking favorite submissions specifically, because I will say I didn't have actually have any submissions in my in my list, even though I am a known lover of submissions. Oh yeah. Um, if I had if I had to throw any in there, uh, one of them would definitely go <clears throat> would definitely go to the lion tamer. Oh yes. Yeah. Not the wolves. Uh, just the lion tamer. Not the wolves. The lion tamer. Because there's, I mean, basically, you're just stretching someone's neck out while just putting your knee either into their back or into their into the back of their head, mm. yeah. and that can't be comfortable. No. Um. Obviously, I have have to have the cattle mutilation in there. Yeah. yeah. Um. I absolutely love that. <laughs> um. And then it's not necessarily a submission per se, but because the person who does it is very well known for submissions. Um, I'm going to go for Zack Sabre Jr.'s European clutch. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, he normally does it as a pinning combination. Mm. But, I mean, that it, 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 the thing is, is that there's so many parts that go into it, you almost see it, and you're like, yeah, no, I can believe that, because his legs probably look like a bunch of spaghetti thrown together. <laughs> it's just a, it's just a, it's just a mangle of limbs, and you're like, yeah, there's no way you're getting out of that. What are you gonna do? <laughs> no, good. That's a good choice. I do like the European clutch. So, so good. Um, do you want me to go into my num my number two? Yeah, <laughs> number two. Sorry. Uh, yes. Uh... <laughs> Don't be like me and my mates when my mates suggest playing cricket. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. So for my number two spot, uh, for what I'm terming like spectacle slash aerial, I'm going. F I'm going for specifically either the Randy Savage elbow drop Ooh. or the insane elbow. Ooh. Oh man, that, that again, that's like choosing between your mum and dad, isn't it? Those yeah. two are yeah. so I, I, God, I, you know what? I couldn't pick between the two. I know people are going to be and say, where's Shawn Michaels? Where's Shawn Michaels? I'm picking these two specifically. No, I, no, I agree with you. And I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be controversial. I'm going to put it for insane elbow. Yeah, I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna put it for insane elbow because the difference between like Randy Savage's one, like he he like he mastered it, but the way um the way Kyrie Sane does it, it looks like it looks like all of her body mash moves to her fucking elbow. <laughs> yeah, the best way to describe it is I always said Randy Savage looks like he turns his body into like a rocket. Yeah. Mm. And Kyrie Sane looks like she is going to put her elbow through your rib cage. Yeah. yeah, it looks like she's literally. I'm going to stab you in the heart with my elbow. <laughs> and it's just literally. I can every time she does it, it's kind of like she jumps. But and it looks and just the way she moves her, it's so good. The way she moves her elbow, it's like her body just kind of like just kind of just flops, and just the elbow is the only thing that's stiff. It, Looks oh god, I love it. Nah. Um uh, uh, insane elbow all the way. Yeah, no, I absolutely love them and I think there's a lot to be taking out taken out of a very good elbow drop. I think it's definitely kinda lost its place in the modern scope of wrestling. I agree. Um mm. you know, I am happy that like for example Kyrie Sane was keeping it going as a thing. Mm. And I think I definitely think it deserves its place in there. I I don't 
I don't really know that I could say that it's something that should have ever really been phased out. I know, obviously, you know, people have started using it as a more common move now. Mm. Mm. But I, I just think there's a lot to be gained out. I mean, essentially, is you're jumping from the top rope to then drop your elbow on your opponent's chest. Yep. <laughs> if something's going to hurt, that definitely sounds like it. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. And, you know, we can point to the amount of people that have done variations of it over the years, but you know, I would just say, look at look at Randy Savage's as the kind of archetype to follow. Yeah, absolutely. Because the man just has form, and it looks like it looks like it hurts. And I'll be honest, in the general scope of diving finishes, I don't even think it's one that would be as tolling on your body. I can't imagine it's great. Mm. <laughs> True. But, you know, in, t- in terms of the general scope of them, I can't imagine it's, you know, that that far up there. And like I said, there's a lot of theatrics you can do with it. There's a lot of ways that you can kind of vary it, make it a little bit different and really make it your own. So I think there's a lot of real estate for people to work with. Yeah, true. Really, but, do you have a an aerial finisher? Uh, I have a few because I'm a high-flying guy, ain't I? Hey, well, yeah. I've... I've I've got one I'm saving for my final. I've got one I'm saving for my final spot, and I've got my other grapple as well. But I'll let Rian do his aerial finisher. <laughs> yeah. Um. When it comes to aerial finishers, my God, you could like everyone loves a flip. Everyone loves. So I'm just gonna put like all the flips once because if you do a flip, I'm gonna love it. I don't care. <laughs> so yeah. I can't really choose which one to which one's the best flip. They're all great. So instead. I will go for, I'll go for the um, I'll go for the five star frog splash. Yeah, and uh, and and that's what I have on mine as well. Like not the five star in particular, but just the frog splash in general. Mm. I think. So. Yeah, yeah. So I will be, moves. I will be here and say that the the frog splash was my number one spectacle move. Yeah. Ah. I yeah. I love how we were all on the same page. For that. Yeah, I know. That's kind of like it's just. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because like uh. Reed, you said you have the five star. Yeah, I'm five star. Yeah, I've got Tanahashi's high fly flow. Yeah, that's fair. And I, I, I have. I'm, um, I'm funny. Do you have I Eddie? Have, I have Art Bars slash Eddie. Oh, you have Art Bar slash Eddie. That's, okay, no, we basically fair. covered the entire basis. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm Rob Van Dam. I'm always Rob Van Dam because I've always liked like the thing, the interesting thing about Rob Van Dam is that like he, he's one of the few finishers that sells the finisher as well. Yes. So it's like a yeah. It, no, become, I always it said, it's a, a it's a small thing, but it's yeah. really important. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and because it's like it's like then it becomes like a, a war of attrition. Like he can hit that finisher, but if he misses it, or even if he hits it, it's like how much can he take? This one needs to be the one. So it racks up the tension as well. It's yeah. such a small detail, but it's so great every time such and, uh, a great detail and yeah and just to go quickly back just to go very quickly back when we're talking about strike finishes because i have my other one he's going to be on here twice because i love him so much <laughs> umaga's samoan spike you have that as your best no not as my best but i'm putting it on there as my strike one ah interesting because you yeah, like what i say about because that a lot of people don't like that really what no, Why? people don't like it because they think it looks stupid. Fuck you. Have you been... Fuck you. You getting spiked in the throat? Nah, mate. And you know what? Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the, the, the way that Umaga had his thumb taped, I think. 
and mm. the theatrics of setting it up, the the wind up, and then the execution. I think yeah. a lot of it has to do with that. Yeah, I don't know how people don't like that. How do people not like that? You're all out of your mind. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but yeah, that's a interesting yeah, one. That's, for a, sure. that's yeah. an interesting one. So I'll <clears throat> I'll take I'll take the floor to mention my second one. Mm. Uh, and this is just general. <clears throat> Uh, it is a finisher made famous uh so made fam- initially made famous in Japan mm-hmm. that then came over and became uh, a mainstay of people in uh Ring of Honor uh TNA and also the WWE it starts out his life as the kudo driver and then became uh, the vertebraker and then became the cop killer yep <laughs> I love this move so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's an insane setup, but the execution when pulled off it involve, safely. It, like, it does involve a lot of setup, but you cannot deny the essence of the move where it's just, I am dropping you on your neck. This is where you die now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I don't enough, know what, I, I have don't, a lot of I finishes like know. that. <laughs> yeah. oh, when I get to my number one, it is straight up, it is a die move. But, um,. No, I love this move so much. There was just something about the like a lot of the stuff that came with it because, like, I mean, so I always remember uh, Homicide's version. The, yeah, the, the cop cop killer, or when he, killer. Came, when he when he came to TNA, the Gringo Killer, yeah. because they didn't want to have Cop Killer as the name. Yeah. I gotta say, however, I, I kind of like the Gringo Killer a bit more because <laughs> it's just like that's just it's. A- the gringo killer's badass i don't care <laughs> it, it is good but to be fair the call they used to do in the ring in ring of honor they were cop killer yeah <laughs> that is fair which i absolutely love but no it's just it's just amazing and it is just that essence of it in my in my final two I, if it runs through the three really but it's just the essence of what's a good finisher Something that you see that is like no i don't want you i'm gonna do everything to stop you from winning Mm. Which is I'm going to cause you as much pain as possible, which it, which this move looks like it does. <laughs> uh, and like you said, yeah, yeah, there is there is a there is a lot of setup to it. It's not really something that can like you know shock people and come out of anywhere. Yeah, but, but it, my god, if this move doesn't look great when it hits, it's oh, nah. And it's it's worth saying for anyone who hasn't seen it, go back and watch uh, Megumi Kudo hit it yeah because oh, uh, i think people forget how crazy all japan women's matches were <laughs> which is kind of crazy because they look like they go as intense more intense than like they definitely go much they go surprisingly stiff mm. <laughs> and oh. as was this as as was the style of the time <laughs> oh man um because so what i was in what i was going to include in there was the b driver Ooh. Ooh. I was gonna, I was gonna include the B driver, but I wasn't sure. But I picked, I but I, I picked, I picked uh, the Cuda driver just because I, I prefer it in terms of the visual. Yeah. Mm. Although it is worth saying, um, the B driver that's popular now, where they kind of tuck the head in, is mm. not the B driver that was originally done. <laughs> no, no, not where at all. you just got dropped on the top of your head. <laughs> <laughs> and looked a lot more scary. Yes. 
Yeah. You're right, it was. Um, oh, man. Uh, so to kind of... I'll, I'll try and wrap this up, because as I said, I had them, these categorised, and I didn't really have them listed from, like, 10 to 1. Mm. So I will... I because I, the, the the general ones we've got as we're going to this now, um, I do want to list them all off because I feel like they do have their places the best. So I'm going to go from bottom and what I had at the top. Cool. So uh, at the bottom, I had the Chaos Theory Suplex, which is one of the most visually yep. amazing moves, I think. Uh, wh- what's better than the German Suplex? Doing an O'Connor roll and then oh. into the German Suplex. Um Invented yeah, it, by Doug Williams, it, it, absolute legend of a man. Oh, yeah. And Chad Gable bloody put it over massively in NXT. Um, if anyone's seen the American Alpha versus Vaughn Villains match where Chad Gable does the um, the Chaos Fury suplex uh, to Aiden English, watch it. It's phenomenal <laughs> how he's he didn't even get Aiden English up into his feet. He basically went from the old Connor roll and then just swipe swooped him up into the German. <laughs> well, it, it's, it's there to say, um, if anyone hasn't seen him do it before, Chad Gable does a mean deadlift German. Yeah. Oh. For people who don't know what a deadlift German is, normally a German's done from a standing position. A deadlift one is where they pick their standing over them and just sit into a waist lock and pick them up and toss them over their head yeah. in one so move. Good. So good. The next one I had was pile driver. Um, any kind of form of pile driver. More specifically for me, I love the the visual of the Gotch style pile driver. Sam, mm. why are you stealing my number one? <laughs> <laughs> I did say pile okay. driver. Seeing, I did press seeing, seeing as we're here, I fucking love the cradle pile driver. Yes. Uh, Got cradle pile driver. My, uh, I know obviously my my favorite. My to be fair, I think my favorite is Minoru Suzuki. Yeah. It's so fitting for him. It's a man who's out to cause pain, and his idea of that is by dropping you on your head. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but the one I have to mention is Jerry Lynn in ECW. Yes, because yes. and this is the reason that made it so good. They they with the amount that they had protected that finisher and got it over. There was a time where when Jerry Lynn would hit it, he wouldn't even bother properly covering for the free. Mm. <laughs> he would literally just put them into a pin, and he, the ref would get to like two, and he'd basically be halfway off getting away from his from his person because yeah. they knew it had finished it. <laughs> <laughs> and it just oh my god it looks the visual is so good so and it, it, good. it's such a simple move and uh no wonder why it's banned in wwe <laughs> it's, it's such a simple move but my god does it look effective and my god does the visual look amazing for it and Hell, let it alone... put jerry lawler over in the in, in memphis so it, it yeah. has its place <laughs> it's... like it, it, it is a move that has its place in in the world of wrestling and is so so amazing yeah yeah so next one from pile driver is the power bomb and yes. i more specifically i'm talking about the liger bomb the golden star power bomb the ricola bomb from cesaro and the batista bomb those four i find are the best versions of the power bomb i've ever seen isn't it always hype when they do a power bomb and then roll back on their feet yeah just, yeah, I, God just, I love um, Cesaro's one, uh, the Ricola bomb specifically, where he where he interlocks like uh, crosses the hands of his opponent and holds them by the hands to then bring them up and then slam them to the ground. <laughs> um, 
After that is the stunner slash whippersnapper. Yeah. Uh, the stunner is the most over move I feel in professional wrestling and, and, and can pop any crowd regardless of where you are in the world. <laughs> it it's funny. It was it's there. funny you say that because there is one stunner that's on my worst list. Ooh, I actually there is I, one. There is one for me that's on that list as I well. I think I know which one you're talking about. <laughs> okay. I think I know which one you're talking about. After mm. that, I had the go to sleep, Kenta's oh. go to sleep. Mm. Yeah. Again, I had I had that in my list. I also had Kenta's shotgun kick. Yeah. Um. After that, I had the brainbuster. Brainbuster. Um, Eddie Guerrero, Eddie finisher in WCW, and he man did he make yeah. it look so smooth? Did he make it? My yeah, my one was always Liger. Mm. He did the brainbuster as well. I mean, more people know the Liger bomb, but <laughs> I always liked this brainbuster. I thought it was yeah. cool. All right, at number so uh, the third one I had the Michinoku driver. Such a simple um, thing, <clears throat> a scoop slam, and it's a seated scoop slam, but Tucker made it look amazing. Sam, do you want to clarify what you mean with a Michinoku driver? Because I feel like it's important to make the distinction for some people. Michinoku mm. driver one or Michinoku driver two? <laughs> no, I mean the true Michinoku driver and then the Michinoku driver lots of people do now. Oh, so you mean the one where Tucker planted them on their heads rather than the one of doing the full scoop slam onto their backs which is correct kind of, yeah so yeah they set out scoop slam a it's not a michinoku driver <laughs> the michinoku <laughs> driver is the scoop slam except you don't make them fall on the back you make them fall on their neck <laughs> it's just an important distinction because i see too many indie wrestlers do say oh my finish is a michinoku driver and then i see them do the full rotation and they just <laughs> drop them on their back that would be Taka would not be proud that would be Michinoku driver foe yes at the second place I had the tiger driver yep both versions of the tiger driver again it's a simple thing of like a underhook setup into a power bomb or if you if it's the 91 version that except you're putting the full weight of your opponent right on the top of his head <laughs> again we never said misawa was the was light in the ring <laughs> he was stiff as it's like the, the 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 crazy thing about talking about like all japan is you're like oh yeah no they just dropped each other on their necks but that was just the way <laughs> that was just how it was <laughs> and we're not ending with it because of course one of my favorite general finishes is the emerald flosion yeah it, it's amazing <laughs> it's it's, a, it's an incredibly simple move in but, the grand scheme of things but, but so also far. there's so much that goes into it exactly not seen as one where it was just a like a, a like a side no. slam from the side well yeah again it, it kind of it kind of runs the same thing as people being like oh it's just the lift up reverse ddt <laughs> when in reality it isn't really because if you see misawa again even though he's got them kind of in that position he basically drops them on their head <laughs> yes but i think yeah. it's the way it, it not not only was it like the the visual of the move i think it was how it was able to actually get an audience off of their seats and just chanting like crazy um I'll even give props to Cena for doing it. Like, 
props for using the Emerald Flosion because it shows that you actually do watch wrestling outside of WWE. <laughs> yeah, um, scene as scene as um, Flosion, I I want to say I. I used to dislike it because, yeah, it is just you just drop them on their side and that's supposed mm. to kill them. But I will say once Cena became more and more Superman-ish, <laughs> him grabbing extensively bigger and bigger opponents to do it, I, I kind of started to bite a little. Because <laughs> once, once you do that against Mark Henry, I can't. Like, I can't yeah. be mad at you. You know, what I mean? <laughs> very true. Uh, so yeah, that was kind of the list I had of general ones. Reardon, do you? I'm guessing you have a favourite general uh, finisher as yeah. well. So, so let me stop me from talking, please. <laughs> That's fair. In general, I'm boring. Stone Cold Stunner. I'm boring yeah, as hell. I'm on. sorry. I'm sorry. But nah, you're you're totally you're totally valid in that. What can I? It's a it's a move with just it's a move. It's a, such a nineties move. I think because I'm thinking about it because it's. I think it's the kick. Yeah, it, that little added kick does so much. And you know what? I'm surprised that I'm surprised that not a lot of um of finishers add a kick to their stuff. I think that was the best. I think that was the thing that really went from going from a from a great finishing move into a godly finishing move was um, yeah. Austin adding that kick. Cause when he adopted the stunner um, from Mikey uh, Whipwreck, he just did it from the headlock position, then down yeah. into the, into the, uh, into the stunner, adding that kick, just whoo, sent it to the moon. <laughs> yeah. So it's the Stone Cold Stunner. And then the rest I love, but for like, di for different reasons of different days, I love the ankle lock especially especially when he would drag the opponent oh yes every time yeah, when he's, he's just the, dragging he's, like got, a he's got the grapevine he's got the straps down yeah but he, he just looks like he looks like just like it's so primal it's such a oh primal. i have to say i have to say as well though um just because i mentioned that uh if you've ever seen the the smackdown where he goes for it and only removes one strap <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's cursed viewing. Yeah, oh no. It's a shame we never got that angle Ken Shamrock match. It really I, is. It's so sad we never got that. Yeah. It very much is. Uh but yeah. Six one nine, it like never has anyone looked more like Spider-Man. <laughs> I will say it is actually slightly lower on my list just because you can't you can only literally only do it in the ring. Mm. I, I always bug and it always bugged me. It always, <laughs> I, it's so stupid, but it always bugged me that it can only be done in the ring. <laughs> and I, I've always wished that there was some way or some, or he had some variant that he could do on the outside. It all. Mm. Oh, annoyed the shit out of me, and I, I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, Rey Mysterio isn't M Dog. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunate, sad sad um I, I will put on the f5 yeah yeah it's, no it, it I ha again i had it on my list but i just didn't yeah. know where i could fit it in yeah mm. it's just like it does really look like just pure human carnage <laughs> yeah. it really does but something that's kind of like a uh like a fireman's carry into a ddt I just yeah. think it's 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 the transition between those two that just make it look so damn violent. 
Yeah. And so I got to put it. And then that's those are those are the ones that I think about. Those are the ones that I truly mm. think. The go to sleep, however, I remember the first time I saw it. And because I was like, what's he do? Oh, good Lord. <laughs> I, just, I was just like, I did not consider that someone could do that. And when the first time I saw it, I'm like, that man is dead. <laughs> I want to ask you this, uh, Sam. Yeah. What's your opinion on the uh, go to sleep versus feast your eyes debate? <sighs> it's silly, if you ask me. I think the whole yeah. debate, because I think both of them, both of them look look great visually. And yeah, think, I'm still know... personally on the go to sleep side. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, also, absolutely, I'm on the go to sleep side. But there is, I think, feast your eyes is a holy unique move that can only be for Dijakovic. Yeah. yeah. I don't think anyone else could pull it off as smoothly as he does. I oh, think you well, need to be a guy who's t- as tall and as heavy as Dijakovic to be able to pull that off. Yeah. I will also put on strangely enough Samoan drops. I don't know why well, actually, I do know why. You're using your whole of your do body you mean, weight. Do like, you mean, like, uh, the one where they used to do it like a pop-up? Yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 I can get that. I can get that. I always thought yeah, it and, cool. even though, And even though it wasn't his um, finishing his finishing move for some reason, Umaga's Samoan drop is the best one to <laughs> ever be done by human hands. Yeah. Because he just... uh, I was always a big fan of the one that Samoa Joe did in TNA for a bit. Oh yeah? I can't remember which one he did. He'd done a few. No, he did, he just used to do the one where he used to like pop them up and drop back. Yeah, yeah. that's the one. That's same the same as same as Umaga used to do. Umaga <laughs> yeah. hit it. Umaga hit used to hit it super clean though. Just And it looks like it looked like that man's ribs were paced. <laughs> my god oh man no oh man fantastic shouts for the best by the way Mm. like all around but before we get on to the 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 part we've all been waiting for i just want to put two on greek pillars as the greek gods of finishing moves one of them of course being the one we took our namesake for of course the speech in music perfected of course in that one match. <laughs> yeah. We all know the match. <laughs> and of course, the one finisher that I can guarantee every single wrestling fan, no matter who you are, where you're from, can all agree on is probably one of the greatest finishes ever made. The pounce. <laughs> Somebody just got pounced. Period. <laughs> I can't. I can't argue with that. Both Monty Brown and Keith Lee are on that Greek pillar. <laughs> Dude, the pounce is amazing. Such I don't a, care what anyone says. Such a hype move. Such a hype move. But with that, we are on to the worst finishes in wrestling. And oh boy, I this again, I had such a hard time doing this one that I had to categorise them all. But I'll keep it short and sweet for this one because I'm pretty sure we have got matching ones for this one. I, can I just, I can I just get mine out of the way now? Please get them out of the I, way. I just have, I have to like, I have, I'll, I'll do my rest, but I have to do, pick my number one. <laughs> and that is 
Kevin Owens is stunner. Ooh. Oh, I didn't think that was going to be the one you were going to go for. I, I was going, going go... for. I went for Vince McMahon's stunner. <laughs> oh, yeah. I no, I thought you were going to say the the then fated sixth move of doom, the John Cena springboard stunner. Oh gosh. <laughs> No, no. Because I fucking hated that. <laughs> you know, I don't. I. It's not. It's not great, but I don't. I don't hate it. Kevin Owens' uh, stunner just infuriates me. It infuriates me for a number of reasons. Yes. Now, and then when I first saw it, I thought that it infuriated me because I am just a Stone Cold Steve Austin fan. Mm. I thought that's what it was. So I always kept my mouth shut because. I'm just being a fanboy. That's all it is. <laughs> but the more I saw it, the more I'm like, no, it's just a bad stunner. It is a bad stunner. I'm sorry. And the, and the thing is, we know that Kevin Owens has <sighs> far better moves and has has had far yes. better finishing well, moves yeah, in his history. Look, look I think yes. we need to acknowledge one thing about Kevin Owens, which is that his best move is that he cannot do it. Which just, uh, mm. I think, infuriates every wrestling. Yeah, because everyone knows his best, his 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 finisher is the package pile driver. Yes, he is not allowed to do the package pile driver. God damn it! Which is the biggest fuckery ever. It's yeah, the exactly. most. Yeah, it's like I'm like why like I'm literally like WD just let him do it. He could do it safely or let him modify it into package powerbomb just give us a package something because this stutter does not work he doesn't like and like you know what i think like stonkel steve austin he joked on his podcast about like like he joked saying like oh there's some way he's not doing it with like like enough force and stuff i say that but dead seriously <laughs> doesn't have this well because yeah i mean it's worth it's worth saying that there was the whole thing where kevin owens got like consent from stone cold to do it Yes, and stuff like that. Yes, um, I think I think the bigger thing as well, though, is that the stunner is so attached to Austin's mystique. Mm. Yeah, that honestly, anyone else using it in the same way that he did just doesn't have the same effect unless you, unless Kevin Owens became like a second Austin. Yeah, mm. but even in that sense, I don't know if it makes any better. <laughs> I don't think that makes any better because I honestly don't think I don't think he could do it. He doesn't have the physique to really give it that oomph and he, he and it, and i think it what makes it worse is that i know that he's a great wrestler yeah. i'm not stupid <laughs> he, kevin owens is a great wrestler but he's a great wrestler with a mediocre stunner yes. that makes worse because <laughs> and it makes it worse due to everything around it Maybe, just maybe, we'll be I... able to see the package pile driver at, uh, at Royal Rumble in a couple of weeks' time. Please, <laughs> dude. Tom, just... If they let him do it, I will be so happy. Yeah. It's important to note, right, that they obviously have the ban on the pile driver, but it is specifically called the selective pile driver ban. Mm. <laughs> As in, certain people are allowed to do them. And I remember because they revoked it for Punk versus Cena in Money in the Bank 2011, I believe. Yes. Yes. Um, and they've they've had they've had a few other small exceptions to do it. I can't remember what it. I, I think, think it, was, it was wasn't it Mysterio and Andrade when they did the. Uh, oh, well, they had they that where the they just kept they just kept popping out Canadian destroyers all the time. <laughs> um, yeah. Did they did they allow it for? Did they allow it for Owens versus Zayn uh, in like the 
I think they did. Hardcore match. He, did. It, he definitely didn't do a package bar drive. I think he, he did a sit-out one. Yeah. I believe, yeah, he did a sit-out one, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. We, yeah. we I think we, we, we can all be unanimous in saying that. It's surprising, but we can understand why, Reardon. Yeah, it just... Yeah, we, we, un- we know why. We know why they have the rule in place. Yes. Don't get me wrong. I understand the rule. It's a good rule in general. I think the thing for me is but, it's always funny going from like WWE and then being like, oh, what's in my watch this day? Oh, I've got some like Japanese stuff. Oh, I've got like Noah. Yeah. Going in. And I go over to there. I go to like over to New Japan and I'm like, oh yeah, half the roster has power drivers. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. It's just... Oh. It just fuck. Yeah, Again, so that's we're, we're, we're not going to get into the whole unsafe move thing we've done that yeah. before yeah yeah on a um, uh, on a previous on a previous episode all right i i, I if you're starting off hot i'll start off hot as well i'm gonna go for the most obvious oh, don't, one don't worry there's gonna be a bunch of heat when it gets to me okay. i'm gonna go well, for the most obvious one i've got a load and i will list those off eventually because some of them <clears> very are I, I think you guys would find quite funny but i got it in bold lettering here it's the overdrive. I'm sorry, I can't say that. It's the overdrive. Okay, look, we we know we had to get it out of the way. And the overdrive, the K2 as well, because the K2 is the overdrive without the uh, without the swing. It's just a leg. It's just a setup of the overdrive into a leg drop. Look, right, yeah, look, we're just going to be here and say the overdrive sucks. There's a reason that no one ever kept it. There's yeah. a reason why it's Johnny's favorite move. <laughs> that is all we'll say for the overdrive. I'll tell you what I do have though. The Canadian Destroyer. <gasps> okay, but do you do you have it for the reason I think that you have it? Overexposure. Re- I was gonna say the reason being is that it's been used too much in so that it much. lost all of its effect. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean get that. to quote Brian Zane, it was the move that creamed every indie wrestling fan's pants back in the mid two thousands. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, correct. Because now everyone and their grandma is doing them, it's like, well, I mean, the thing is, it's to a lot of people now, it's not even a finish. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the most shameful things because you look at it and you think, well, the amount of rotation and force you're putting into a fucking pile driver of all things. (laughs) Exactly. You should think that should be like, I mean, I'm not going to be there and say it should be like on the scale of the burning hammer. Mm. But like, as a conceptual thing, you're putting extra rotational force into a pile driver, disregarding the amount of realism that goes into the move. Exactly. Yeah. So, right, you are u- literally using physics to inflict more pain. It's one of those and superhero everyone, things, isn't it? Like the yeah. And now, moves. but now everyone's there, and they do it, and it's like, oh, mate, they did a Canadian destroyer two count. They did the one later in the match two count. <laughs> so, I mean, that's not to take anything away from the inventor of the move, Scott Demore, believe it or not, or yeah, no, Pete Williams, because they they the two that were that originated it and innovated it, and everyone else kind of ruined it I'll, I'll, I'll yeah i'll say that much ruined it no 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 i i'm with you on that i i i honestly i honestly agree with you <laughs> i've got a whole bunch of them <clears throat> but i'll move it on to dad for some of All his right. worst <laughs> so my number three spot for the worst finisher i know this is probably gonna piss some people off okay it's any finisher that's ever been done by the miz <laughs> <laughs> wow man <laughs> 
you I came don't know. to play and you came to play yeah, this geez, a lot of the Mizfax Come on, I'll, be here, I'll be here and say I don't think any Miz finisher has ever connected with me and made me go, wow, that's a good move. I genuinely, like, I'm just thinking mm. of all his moves. Because I'm thinking back originally, right? The Mizzard of Oz. It was just a swinging neck breaker. Yeah. With mm. a little bit of theatrics and maybe he need them beforehand. <laughs> Then I remember he did he did the rocket kick. Oh god, I forgot about that one. And then he went for the knee when fucking Daniel Bryan had been using it. So it already lost all impact. The rocket kick didn't really make sense because it's the Miz. <laughs> and I don't think I don't think anyone ever really bought it. Hey, do you remember when the Miz used the figure four? Oh, because he was being mentored by Flair? Yes, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, why is he using the figure four? Oh, Ric Flair's there now mentoring him. Literally never <laughs> known him as a submission person. I love and I'll be, And I'll be honest, right? I'll be here and say, I don't like the skull-crushing finale. Oh, I love how you were setting that up for that, because it's not the greatest finishes. I mean, I didn't even like... They keep, I'll go uh, out of the way and say I didn't I even like the, the stroke. I don't like the stroke either, to be honest. <laughs> but, I mean, I feel like that's more just because I don't like Jeff Jarrett than anything else. <laughs> um, okay, I think one of my biggest problems with the score crushing finale is they keep selling it as if it's a finisher that the Miz can hit out of anywhere. <laughs> yes. And the problem is, yeah. whenever they do it, it always looks so goddamn awkward. <laughs> because I remember they did the thing with Randy Orton where they're like, oh, he goes for the arcade and he misses it. The Miz spends like 10 seconds just fucking tangling his arms around to then get in position. <laughs> and I just don't think any of them have ever connected with anyone and been like, yeah, that's a really powerful, impactful finish. I, yeah, I think what it, it should be is that the, the Skull Crushing finale, I, I, I slightly disagree i disagree in by degrees i think <laughs> because i get it i think the thing that i the problem i've always had with the skull crushing finale is simply it looks like he's gonna knock himself out as well as the opponent the way it, it's the they, way they it's keep, done they keep doing this thing as if it's like oh my god he took him by surprise yeah no i no. I, no, I can <laughs> buy it. no the thing is i can buy it but it has to be like a cowardly heel yeah, straight up. The only it, time has, it ever the... works by surprise is if it's like a segment where someone's cutting a promo and the Miz runs in. <laughs> I no, I get that. No, I I do think it can be done, but it has to be. It, it can only be done in like a threat scenario mm. where it's like guy hits his finisher, she just comes running in, skull crushing finale done. I See, get yes, that. If if it was that. I wouldn't mind, but they've mm. kept trying to do the whole thing of like, oh, Miz is in position for the AA. Oh, he's fallen back behind. He's gotten yeah. out of it and done it. Oh, Randy Orton's <laughs> gone for the RKO. Oh my God. All of a sudden he's reversed it into the skull crushing finale. And it always looks so awkward every time they do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like, again, I just don't, I don't know what it is, but I just feel like he's never had a finisher that's connected with me to be like, yeah, I like that. <laughs> It's One just all, every everything has just always felt awkward. I don't think he's changing from the skull crushing finale anytime soon. <laughs> but you know. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, yeah. Man. Number three, worst, just the Miz. <laughs> Jesus. Great wrestler though. Great on the mic. <laughs> Great everything else. He just hasn't he just doesn't have good choice in finishes. <laughs> oh boy. 
I bet you the Miz is the the first wrestler in WWE who who listens to our podcast. And it's the Miz, and it's this episode, isn't it? <laughs> oh no! What's he gonna do? Cut a promo on me? Um, oh no! We we'll get blocked. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, we we'll get blocked. And yeah, I heard you mention the K two in there, which was Kelly Kelly's thing. That was also on my list. <laughs> That oh, move sucks. Man. It's just a famouser, but with even less effect or setup. Can I talk? <laughs> Please let me talk, because I have to make it free of the worst strike finishes <clears throat> of my in my list of uh, worst strike. I just, finishes. I, I just, I just want to be there and just because I know Rin loves mentioning him all the time. But just to reference, Kenny McIntosh <laughs> sucks. <laughs> the K two sucks. Oh, God. Uh, okay. So um so so I've so is it my go from my uh, worst one? Yes, uh, go for yeah. it because I need to set up okay. for, for worst. I, I, I'm strikes. gonna do I'm gonna do I'm gonna do mine. Like, it if if it weren't for the if it wasn't everything around the stunner, this would be my worst one. <laughs> Elisa Fox's hip attack. Good God Almighty. <laughs> Good God Almighty! Is that is that just like the hip attack as a move, or specifically Alicia Fox? I if it's if there, if more people do it, then it's the hip attack. Because I was gonna say because briefly Naomi used it as a finisher. Oh yeah, she did. Yeah, no, the hip attack. She had the real. Well, she had the rear view. Yeah, no, yeah. Oh, yeah. Changed, but then but then she changed to feel the glow. Oscar's mm-hmm. one is the closest, but I think it's just because it's Oscar in general. Yeah, but, I, she's, but she doesn't use it as a finisher though. She's transitional. Yeah. 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 Transitional, eh, but okay. As a finisher, what is it? (laughs) It's literally turning your back. Turning your back to your opponent is the move to finish it. (laughs) Oh, it annoys the piss out of me every time I see it. Every time I see it, I don't get it. I do not understand. If you're gonna do it, if I'm kind of like, I would take like a like a running knee. Just do a running knee, man. V trigger. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Just do V triggers till the cows come. Don't do the hip attack. Oh, it just infuriates me. Or every time. Or as a Bruce the Barber Beefcake in WCW had, uh, he was the booty man and had the high knee. Get it? The high knee. The high knee because it was a I high hurt. knee strike. I wanna, I wanna, I, I wanna, I, I, I wanna burn this podcast to the ground. <laughs> This is just oh, not man. that. Although it wouldn't have surprised me if they made Alicia Fox's finisher if it weren't the hip attack behind me. Ah, just bust the shit out of me, man! <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go for oh. my strikes because I've set this up long enough. All right, for well, I had I had three in mind, and I'm sorry I have to put these three here. Number three is the Judas effect. Look, yeah. I love Chris. Yeah. Chris Jericho, I love him as a wrestler. He's been he's been a phenomenal wrestler, but gosh darn, you tried to get that move over when it just wasn't effective, Chris. Can I can I say I think there's one thing that would make it good and it's one thing that a wrestler currently is doing. Mm-hmm. And that is cuz Andrade also does the move. Yes. But he also makes an important point that when he hits it he hits it and turns the opposite direction. Yeah. Yes. You know, like if you were actually hitting someone with your elbow. Yes. He doesn't hit it and then just stop. <laughs> <laughs> or just keep moving in the same direction. I because if lot- you're going to do that, then like, you know, you're actually 
you know, realistically, if you're following through in the same way, you probably cracked his rib cage. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But because he hits it and just stops, I think it look. I mean, it makes it look less impactful because if you know how the body works. Yeah. So if I reckon, I reckon if he did it kind of Andrade style and hit it and kept turning the other way, mm. it would look yeah. more. It would look better. I think a lot of this as well stems from the way that he and AEW hyped it up because they had him in vignettes of him training in MMA and then they were putting over, oh, I've learned a new move in my repertoire, a rolling elbow and calling it the Judas effect. And just when he did it in that match against Hangman Page, it it went down like a wet fart, basically. (laughs) I mean, also as well, though, he got a thing, though, right? This is coming in contrast to the Codebreaker. And I'll be here to say the Codebreaker is one of my favourite finishers. Yeah. Yeah. Without question. Simple, effective, does what you need to do. But I get the fact that he's in his late 40s now and doesn't want to take a back bump every time. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Like, I totally get it. But also, he could have done much... I mean, to be fair, he could have just done a discus elbow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or he, he could have just... He could have done discus elbow. He could have just done, like... I mean, like I said, like a Misawa-style elbow and just followed through with it. Honestly. If he, if he hit it and just kept turning the other way probably would have been fine honestly yeah. i think he should have just honestly just just do just do a lion tamer i'm sorry yeah i'm sorry L- listen i uh, look the uh, the reason why you're not doing it completely understandable completely understandable if that's the case though just do a lion tamer go back <laughs> to the lion tamer it's not rocket science it's still a great move and it would look great for you doing it just You're doing this out of a place of love chris honestly <laughs> really really my dude just do a line t- <laughs> <laughs> all right so the second one i had for worst strike finishes this is very specific and i'm hoping you'll get the reference it's the women's special slap where they gave it yep. to every female diva in every smackdown yep, game up i know until what you mean I, yeah, I know. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. And this is this is this is a specific thing for anyone that's played any wrestling games. You'll always see women slap, and it was just the only move that women seemingly knew how to do, except like two. Yeah. It just annoyed me so much, especially. When I mean, you had, it, like... it's, it's it's just it's just the weird legacy of the uh, of the divas era. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, and then it was cat fights and that were a like, move. I, so I was like, I'll be here and say, obviously, I included Kelly Kelly on there as <laughs> as my number one. So I've changed my number one now to another move, but it's definitely like a number. It's like a number six or a seven down the list. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Actually, while we're while but, we're but while like, we're on, I think I think it's important to mention just like the divas here really wasn't that good. Yeah. Actually, you know what? While we're on the subject of divas, well, divas of female wrestlers, I'm gonna put a, maybe a controversial one. The Stratus faction never did it for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think I think the biggest problem. I, okay, the biggest problem I have the Stratus faction is that I love the Acid Drop, <laughs> and it always felt like a kind of subpar version yeah. to me. Yeah, I don't know if that's me being harsh on Trish Stratus, especially because as well when you think about the Stratus faction, it actually involves a more difficult setup than the acid drop mm. no it absolutely does and it's but, like and it, don't get me wrong it's a very athletic move you know what i think that does it it's just that i never feel like it really gets the impact but on the other hand i think what might have helped that if like if she ever had a proper hardcore match and she did it on something yeah 
I, I think, think she did do that once. I think it Maybe. might have been WrestleMania 19. She might have done was, it on a chair I was gonna to say, Victoria. I was going to say, in the one against Victoria, mm. which I should say, actually, I didn't I didn't list it on here. Widow's Peak. Oh. Hell of a move. Yeah. Gory special neck breaker. Love it. <laughs> oh, that is a great move. But yeah, the one I add in the top of worst strikes is the brain chop. Yeah, it's the brain chop. It's, it, it's, it's an easy pick. It's, it's such a stupid move. <laughs> and Carly made it look like you just brushed a fe- like he brushed a feather on top of your head. No, I I I totally get it. But to be fair, though, I mean, like, it's the great Carly. It took him like two years to learn how to do a two-handed choke slam <laughs> safely. <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, I mean, I get what they were going for because obviously the man's like seven foot five. Yeah, at an absolute unit, but at the same time, it just it wasn't ever really gonna, it was never gonna work or be that convincing, really. Yeah, especially mm. don't forget, I think the first person he properly hit it on with any big impact or like notice was the Undertaker. Yep. Yeah, <clears throat> and that was on a pay per view. Yeah. So I really think they started it off on the wrong foot there. <laughs> Just a wee bit. <clears throat> oh, but yeah, um, I'll circle it around a bit more because, as I said, <clears throat> I've categorized aerial and submissions as well. Okay, so. I'll I'll go into my number two spot. Uh, much less... Well, I've put two there just because I'm obviously not using Kelly Kelly anymore. <laughs> uh, so I filled it in with like my number... It's like a number six spot, but I just want to mention it because it... it, it it takes it takes us outside the confines of WWE. Cool. But for number two, uh, my picks are the Wasteland. Yes. And whatever the fuck Byron Saxton did that one time, <laughs> <laughs> which was a weird like half Nelson Russian leg sweep it, into a neck breaker. It starts off like the skull crushing finale and then it just turns into i don't know it's like he changes his mind and does a neck breaker (laughs) (laughs) i can't describe it it's it's an incredibly confusing move i don't know what the purpose of any of it is it's worth saying byron sacks a much better commentator than he was wrestler it seems anyway (laughs) but whatever the i think the funniest bit about that move and the real testament to it is that when they had it when he did it they had to cut away from Chris Masters because he was confused that that was actually the finish. <laughs> yes, I remember that. <laughs> like, Chris Masters is just there, and he's like, oh, wait, that was it? <laughs> so they fucking cut away so they're not looking at his face while he's looking really confused. It's just... <laughs> I just don't get it. Uh, but, I mean, the Wasteland is, like... It's a good idea. Mm. <laughs> but the problem is it just doesn't look like it hurts. You're just taking a back bump. <laughs> yeah. It's the potato. What you do is drop. just land flat on your back, <laughs> and so it just doesn't have much impact. It doesn't have much to it. That's like, oh, that that really looks like it hurts, and it's a real shame for Wade Barrett's character because he was all about like I'm gonna inflict pain on people. It's a good mm. thing he so moved to the elbow. That, oh, the ball hammer's fantastic. Oh, ball the hammer fit above it, and you know it fits in with his thing because he was a bare knuckle boxer. Yep. So him just running along, just smacking someone with his elbow at full pelt fits perfectly. Absolutely. Um, and just the, the wasteland is just a victim of unfortunate circles. Because I think as as a visual, isn't that bad? Mm. <clears throat> um, and as we get as when we get to the one that I mentioned later, I know the topic of adding like extra things in kind of hurts a move sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. 
But like, I think maybe if he did it like a backbreaker. Yeah. And did that like over his knee, it might be better. Or, you know, if there was so- if there was something else to it, I I, I can't describe it. Mm. It, it just it, it feels like a good idea that's missing something, but it, I don't know what. It feels like a dominator <clears throat> without the without the impact of a dominator. I mean, yeah. I'm talking about Ron Simmons' version, not Lashley's version. Yeah, yeah, not Lashley's version. We don't talk about that. <laughs> but yeah, that... oh, it's worth it's worth saying in there. Um, in my in my best column, I also had uh, Farouk Spinebuster. Oh yeah. Um. <laughs> I had that one. That was at like number eleven, <laughs> but I do love Farouk Spinebuster. Um, but no, uh, so yeah, whatever the fuck Byron Saxton tried to do that one time in the wasteland. <laughs> Reardon, sir. Uh, mm. Any more worst finishes? Any more worst finishes? You know, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna goose. I think right now I got my worst, and the rest are just honorable mentions because they're not that bad, but they have bits that annoy me. <laughs> and I'm going to say bits like in the bits that annoy me. For the love of God, stop trying to stop cocking your fist, Roman Reigns. For the love of God, <laughs> it never works. It never will work. <laughs> Ooh, just, ah. just punch the dude. Just run and punch the dude. That's all you need to do. <laughs> Don't cock your fist. It does not work. It pisses me off. You know they have this sound time. effect of Alistair Black, the creaking, the creaking door sound effect for when he uh, appears out of nowhere when he yeah. rises. I feel like yeah. they should have like a shotgun sound effect every time he does that in the arena. That is, that is cursed. That is cursed. <laughs> Never hey, do look, you're telling me that you don't want us to have the moment of just Roman showing, ooh, ah, all the Followed by the time. click, click. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Oh, and there's the gif of him just repeating that motion over and over. It's incredibly cursed. <laughs> to Vince McMahon getting very excited, but I digress. <laughs> there is a version of that somewhere. I've seen it before. I know that. <laughs> oh, man. But no, like, agreed. Like, yeah. agreed. On that one, really. All right, so I'm gonna quickly list uh, like submissions and aerials that I have here, as yeah. well as as a couple of uh, of classic ones. So, claws not done by the Von Erichs or McFoley. Anyone who tries to do yep. uh, uh, an elbow claw, uh, uh, a shoulder claw, an armpit it, claw, a belly it, claw. Um, yeah, was it Luna Vachon that did the stomach claw? Yes, it was Luna Vachon that did yeah, the Yeah, it always looked weird. It always looked like she was tickling them. <laughs> <laughs> In the extension, I guess, of claws, head crushes. I'm talking about Crush and Carly, who would squish the heads of their opponents. Yep. <laughs> um, for aerials, I had Snoop Dogg's Big Splash. Okay, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> the bonsai drop. Uh, mostly because yep. Yokozuna would uh, did have no consideration for jobbers when he did the bonsai <laughs> drop and would actually put his full weight right onto their chest. And well, because I remember know, there was the one that um, I mean, going back to someone I mentioned earlier, there was the one that Aja Kong did where it looked like it crushed someone's chest. Yeah, 
Um, he did that a lot to jobbers, and considering yeah. that Rodney was not a, a, a very small man, <laughs> he had a big. He had, but yeah, yeah, he was big. And the top one, purely because of what happened afterwards, and purely because the booking team told him he needs to do something from the bit from from the top rope. It's Sid Vicious's big boot, which ended up making breaking his leg in oh. when he landed. <laughs> yes. No, 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 please, no, please. no, no. no. All right, and the other one, of course, the Warrior Splash. Yeah, okay, that's fair. <laughs> oh god, I've got that fucking, I've got that replaying my head. Ah, now. sorry, Dad. So we'll move it on quickly. Your worst finisher, sir. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so my number one worst finisher was Kelly Kelly's K two or whatever, however you want to describe it. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm going to the world of indie wrestling. I'm going to a wrestler I actually really like. Uh, so I'm going to a wrestler called Josh Briggs. Ah, and his finisher, the M5. Ah, uh, and the M5 is a choke slam lung blower. So if you don't know the mechanics of that, it is a choke slam. You lift them up like a choke slam and then drop them onto your knees. Mm. And it's basically one of my. Well, it's basically follows the the case of why I say is people make things too complicated. Yeah. <laughs> because I know you don't want to just do a choke slam. Yeah. Because that's boring. And I know you want some way to vary it. But I'll be honest, you just it just looks like you're dropping the guy onto you. It looks like it hurts you more than <laughs> yeah. it hurts them. Yeah. <laughs> which is the which is kind of the opposite of what you want with a finisher. And again, like it, it's it's not even like an awful move, but it's like when I saw him in his match against Brody King, I was like, that's just got to hurt your legs <laughs> more than it's going to hurt them. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I felt a bit trepidation, but going, oh, if he did the waistline dropped him over his knee or something like that, it might be more impactful because there's a very good, there's a very good move, which is like that, which is Nick Gage's choke breaker. Yeah. Where he is just, does a choke slam just drops them straight over one knee while he's kneeling down? I think that works fine. Mm. But going into the whole like sit out lumbar check style position, <laughs> it it just doesn't. I mean, again, I think I could probably put the lumbar check in that same category. Mm. I I've just I've never really gotten it, and people and I know people would be like, oh, what about the backstabber? But again, I don't. I don't really have much heat on the backstabber. Mm. I, I know a lot of people would probably say, "Well, what about the end of heartache as well?" I think the main differences of that is that Roddy sometimes. Well, actually, the most of the execution I've seen in Roddy doing that is that he ta- he he puts the knees into the shoulders rather than the actual back, so it looks like he's <laughs> he, he's he's like he's hit them right on the neck with his knees. Yeah, and so it it, it just always seems kind of odd when I see them do like the whole. You know, it's it's all really big movements. It's like you're lifting a really big guy up by his by his neck and dropping them onto your knees, and it just never looks. It just never looks like it's really actually doing much once mm. you actually look at it. Great visual, <clears throat> yes. And like, especially like when he hit it on Brody King, it was fantastic. It like <laughs> it looked great, but it it just always it just kind of always seems very counterintuitive once you actually take a different look at it. <laughs> <laughs> and again, like I, I don't want to be here and, and crap on it because I, 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 Josh Briggs is fantastic. Yeah, no, absolutely fantastic wrestler. Uh, just to my mind, you have a bit of an unfortunate finisher. 
<laughs> so please don't i mean hate again, us, Josh. again again there there were there were other ones in there um so i had uh this will be one for sam do you remember uh when uh, it was kenzo suzuki oh did yeah. the claw hold sto yeah i remember that oh uh, <laughs> i've never really been a big fan of stos as finishers um reverse stos yes yeah, Versus yeah. SEOs, because you're dropping them on their face. <laughs> uh, but normal SEOs never never so much. Um, and again, there's been other like strike finishes, so like the Big Show's knockout punch. Yeah. Um, and other and other things like that. But yeah, I I think there's just sometimes you can make a move too complicated. Indeed. You can just put you just put too much into it. To make it really stick or register, yeah. And like again, you can get a cool visual out of it, but you know, sometimes when you just go too, it's like you when know, you too far on the other end of it. It's like remember in WWE 13 where you create a finisher, but you would add flip move after flip move after flip move before doing yeah, the like you like like you do like a 1260 in the air, yes, and then you'd hit your move, and <laughs> it just looked incredibly cursed. <laughs> Like, no person's body should be able to move in that way. <laughs> Great idea, in theory. Just, th- it was never executed great, was it? No. <laughs> Which, yeah, I agree with you on that one. So, for the Greek pillar of the godly, or should you say the... I could guess you could say the Hades of finishing, of finishing manoeuvres. Of course, it goes to the atomic leg drop. Yeah, so this is going to be one that uh, we were going to have to talk about because, look, the atomic leg drop sucks. <laughs> it really <laughs> does. And as I said earlier, Hogan had an amazing move with the Axe Bomber, which got him over massively in Japan. But yeah, this is going to be the thing that I was going to say. So that obviously he had the Axe Bomber, which was great and really worked in Japan and got the Japanese crowd way over with him. Mm. So I never knew why he stuck with the leg drop. And it, now, the I, reason... think like it, I think because it's mm. like uh, we mentioned Brian Zane before, mm. that one of the things that had people going with it was that, you know, if he was the only person to ever do a leg drop, maybe it would register. Yeah. But I still don't know whether it necessarily would. I mean, I'm saying this as a as like a fan of Bornakana, where she used to do a top rope leg drop. Exactly, exactly. Think... And other people, and, and kind of people contemporary to him were doing much more impressive stuff. Mm. May I tell you guys a story? Please do. Now, obviously, I wasn't alive when Hogan was at his prime, <laughs> right? So. My first actual, like, instance of knowing him as a wrestler, like his repertoire, if you will, was playing SmackDown versus Raw. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, as, just because I, like, I was just looking for, you know, the characters, as you do, and decided I'm going to play someone different. I've already mastered my Rey Mysterio game. <laughs> it's time to, like, mix it up a little. So, why don't I play as Hulk Hogan? You know, Hulk Hogan, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, this icon of wrestling. Let's play as him. What's his moves? And I was like, okay, I'll check his moves. And then when I clicked the finisher button and he did the leg drop, 
suddenly I was like, what is going on? How is that possible? How is that possibly Hulk Hogan's move? This move that has defeated a rogues gallery, a who's who, and it's a leg drop. It is one of the most disappointing things I've ever seen. <laughs> so, I don't understand how they all loved it. Explain a, it to me. It's a really interesting thing if rumour is anything to be confirmed. So, the reason why Vince wanted Hogan to go for the leg drop as, as opposed to the axe bomber is, is actually quite funny if it is true. The rumour is because... Vince loved his portrayal as Thunderlips in Rocky Three. The big moment that really stood out for Vince was the slow motion leg drop to Rocky, and he wanted him to adopt that and be his main finisher. Oh wow! Wow. Which is, you know what? It is not out of the realms of truth, if I'm honest. If there's anything to go by on that, I mean, he loved Rocky Three so much purely because of Hogan and then that's why he got signed to the company and pretty much soon after won. I mean, I'll put it to you this way. Bob Backlund in January 80... No, December 83, after a six-year reign, lost the title to the Iron Sheik. Not on... Like, three weeks later, Sheik drops the title to Hogan in Madison Square Garden. Yep. Um, so, mostly because the reason the Sheik did that is because Vince wanted Backland to turn heel and Backland was like Look, no I'm a role model for the kids everywhere and I have been for several years I can't do that I don't blame him I don't blame him <laughs> don't that's, blame fair, that, no, that's fair enough however as someone who to find Rocky 3 disappointing this makes it worse <laughs> <laughs> so Rocky yeah. 4 is still the worst one I don't care I don't I mean, care yeah, Americans but, but... <laughs> so um god I'll just quickly go to uh, our, our listener and follower submitted ones oh yes ooh this is so, interesting uh, our, our favourite um, apron bumper hardest part of the ring said his fa- uh, he's always been fascinated with finishes that didn't quite catch on uh, <laughs> Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins' DDT or the knee? Oh god, the uh, DDT Chris, where he didn't like go on like he, he, he did he did he did he did the Christian face. style one where yeah. he bumped on his chair. Uh, Chris Jericho's breakdown, which was the skull crushing finale. Oh gosh, yeah. Uh, the lovely lovely Kenny Majid from Kenny for your thoughts uh, mentioned the take a care of business. <laughs> uh. It was uh, Joe from Dammit Vince said his favorite, uh, for, best for being hit out of anywhere is the Black Mass. Yeah, but for okay. anything that looks great, the Eclipse. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, best tag team finisher, the 3D. Oh, yes. hell yeah. <laughs> uh, and dumbest finisher, Hogan's Leg Drop. <laughs> hey. uh, the guys from work, the left side, said that one of their favorites right now is the Buckshot Lariat. Yeah, uh, and that the silliest but arguably best pop is the uh, the mandible claw with Mister Socko. <laughs> yeah, heads <laughs> uh, J- breakfast saying claws not done by the old Eric's yep. big phone. <laughs> uh, JD from Red Leaf Retro Car said uh, Tetsuya Endo's Animal Crossing. Yes, <laughs> as his, as, his, as uh, his favorite finisher. Yes, <laughs> uh, one that I was a uh, really big fan of. Uh, 
uh gg from gg on wrestling uh said one of his mo- favorites that's overlooked the steiner screwdriver oh, yes. yes which is oh, a dangerous man. as all heck move but once if pulled off right looks amazing i remember and i've seen the clip of steiner when he was in wwf doing that but the poor guy taking it landed right on his neck and bent his neck all that it shit. is awful steiner <clears throat> screwdriver oh. Uh, you guys are in great company. Uh, Connor Cooper from Wrestling with Fiction mentioned said his favorite was the five star frog splash. Hey. Uh, saying that uh, the best part is RVD selling his ribs when he lands. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, guys from Making Kayfabe said the Rainmaker. Yes, a good version of a lariat. It's an absolutely it's an absolutely fantastic one. Uh, and then just finally, the guys over at Monday Night Chores mentioned the Sharpshooter. Yeah. And the ankle lock. Yeah. Yes. Uh, My kind of guys. My kind of guys indeed. That... I, I feel like the... Sh- I, just real quick. I feel like with the with the um sharpshooter, I don't know what it is, but I feel like only Bret Hart can really do it. I don't know. Funny to, funny to know that Sting was the one that was using it first, believe it or not. I know, yeah. right? That seems so wrong. <laughs> But no, you're right. I feel like that it, it does have its place with the Hart family. But I would say mm. Brett, then Owen, then Sting. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> it's always weird when you have someone that's like created a move and yet somehow it just doesn't fit them <laughs> yeah. in your head. Because you're like, Sting used it first, but for some reason it doesn't seem right. <laughs> yeah. Like, why would. It feels like, why would Sting use that? Sting. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right, that concludes this episode of Best and Worst Finishes. Thoughts and feelings at the end of that. We're gonna we're gonna piss off a lot of people, aren't we? <laughs> oh man! Be oh yeah, so no, much, we we so are we heat. are. But I think so I mean again, heat. as as has come up as a as a big thing in the general world of the IWC, the the one of the amazing things about wrestling is that it is really down to you what you enjoy. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, every everyone has their own things that they enjoy. You know, I like I said, I'm a big fan of just like finishes that just look like they have impact. Mm. And I, so I, I, I'm all up there for like the whole realm of loads of finishes in like the Japanese world, and and a lot and a lot of ones in in like WWE and lots of the ones that are kind of coming along on the indie scene as well now. Yeah. <clears throat> but I, I i just think i think a lot of it is that people make them too complicated <laughs> yeah people just put too much <clears throat> people get so focused on standing out that it's like you kind of lose the point of the move yeah yeah it's the rule of kiss basically <clears throat> just keep it simple yeah. stupid <laughs> yeah and, and just and just know that you can do uh, if you have something that's maybe not flashy if you do it well people will notice Ex- exactly mm. Because, like, I think that's the. I think if you know, if you do it well and it fits into what you do, it it will make it will make so much sense. Because <clears throat> I think yeah. it's the thing. Like, I mean, I mentioned Minoru Suzuki a whole lot. I love talking about him. Yes, but I think the biggest thing is that everything about him as a character is consistent. Mm. Yes, yeah. he yes he is an old man and he's a man in his fifties, but he has theme music which stands out. His entrance stands out, even though he just wears black trunks and boots. Mm. And his finisher is just a really well-done pile driver that fits character. Yeah. And I think if you have that, you've got a great finisher. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, oh, and I'd say, great way to end this podcast. So, oh, next episode, we have the next installment of Great Wrestlers You Never Knew. This is a very exciting one. I've been very, very excited to get this one done because not only... Yes, you have been. Not yes, only have we've been hell. working hard and I've been working hard to collate and find the matches, we're also going to be joined by a very special guest on this one. Uh, and I'm so excited to have this guest on. Um, mostly because I have been a follower of their work for quite a while now. And I have been, to these guys especially as well, I've been singing uh, their praises for a long time. So, well, I believe we, we mentioned them all the way back in what episode? Episode three or four? Yes. Something like that. Indeed. Wow. And we're now coming up on episode 33. Yeah. Dang. Oh. Isn't it great we went 33? Volume three of great wrestlers you never knew. It's like we, t- it's like we planned hey. that. It's, it's like poetry. I'll be honest, we did, we, we, did we not planned plan that. Out. I might even notice that, and I'm the one who has the spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, f- uh, to know who to to know, and uh, to find out who our subject is going to be, as well as our special guest, stay tuned on Sweet Chin Mug socials around Wednesday time. Where we will be announcing who the next subject of great wrestlers you never knew is. But until then, and until the next episode, I've been Sam, this has been Dan and Reardon, and you have been listening to the Sweet Chinwag Podcast. We'll see you all on the next one. Bye! By God, he's broken in half! <laughs>